Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC New York and 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Oh, this is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, the rapidly intensifying conflict between Israel and Palestinian militants roared into a second day. The new fears the surprise attack could spark an even wider Middle East war. The Pentagon ordered U.S. warships and forces in the region to move closer to Israel, including the aircraft carrier Gerald R. Ford, currently deployed in the Mediterranean. Israeli soldiers battled Hamas militants at the country's southern border. Hundreds have been killed. The U.S. saying some may be Americans. They include at least 260 Israelis attending a music festival near the border. Hamas claims to hold more than 100 people hostage. Israel has responded with fury. This despicable act that started on the Sabbath and on a holiday as they crossed the border and then attacked the communities near the border is an immense sin. A sin led not only by a murderous terrorist organization, but led by an axis of evil with a base in Iran, with its metastases acting time and again to undermine us, our spirit, our sovereignty, who we are as a nation, as a state. My brothers and sisters, we are at war, a war for our home, and we shall prevail and win. This is Israel's 9-11. Over 800 people murdered, a population of 10 million. Israel must be permitted to do the job, and Hamas must be in the dustbin of history. That's where they belong. They must be destroyed once and for all, and they will be. I don't usually work on Sunday morning, I like to have a cup of coffee and spend a day with my family and watch football. But I come to you this morning with a profound sense of sadness of what's happened in Israel over the last couple of days. With women, children, and young men murdered, taken hostage. Well, I hate to make it about politics today. Let's let's get right to the truth, okay? When Joe Biden's administration gives $6 billion to the Iranians, it was celebrating in Parliament yesterday. Death to the United States, death to Israel. Well, like AOC and Omar and that Democrat party that hate the Jews, I can't help but think if Donald Trump was still president, this never would have happened. So please, pray for Israel today. God bless Israel. Please pray. Chill. 
Apropos song for this Monday morning when the children cry at 608 on your Monday morning here back on the Sitting Friends in the Morning program. You heard a lot in that open. You heard a news report. You actually heard from the president of Israel, Herzog, but you don't hear from him because he talks Hebrew and most of you don't understand Hebrew. So that was an AI voice delivering the message about Hamas, Iran, and how Israel will get their vengeance. Then you heard from Dove Hikind, his Twitter video this weekend. He'll join me live on this program coming up at 8.10. And then my video, which I made very early yesterday morning. And as I said in the video, I look forward to Sundays because that's family day at the Rosenberg household. And what's funny about that is it's family day, but I spend a lot of time myself watching football. But... I get up on Sunday mornings with Danielle, and we make our coffee and usually have breakfast and go to the gym, and then I come back and I do watch football, and we have a nice dinner together, which we did last night at the bungalow bar. But um, but I didn't do that yesterday. I put this video up on Instagram, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, and Facebook about 8 o'clock in the morning. And um, clearly, that was going to be the rest of my day sitting there and watching videos and reading and getting more upset and more angry. And then, of course, yesterday afternoon, what happened here in New York City, and I got to tell you, I'm starting to hate this city. I really am. I'm sorry. I'm starting to hate it. They have this pro-Palestinian rally in Times Square why they would allow these animals, these animals, to gather in Times Square. And then, of course, if you saw the New York Post or just my feed, just go to my Instagram or my Facebook, you saw a man holding up a cell phone, a man, a coward, holding up a cell phone with a swastika on it. And so I texted Mayor Eric Adams. This is the guy's honest truth, folks. And I texted him right away, and I said, how do you allow this to happen? So this isn't free speech. This is hate speech. Look up the definition. My wife's a lawyer. This is hate speech. And he said to me, and I'm telling you, folks, this is exactly what he said. And he got, right, he got back to me right away. We can't stop him. And they can't. He's right. If the KKK wants to demonstrate, they can. That's free speech in this country. 
But what a bunch of repulsive, disgusting people. You know, I did something yesterday. Curtis Lee was going to join me at 7.05, which I probably should have done years ago. But I've been making an argument for this guy for years because he was nice to me and nice to Bernie and looked at our contracts pro bono and kind of a smart guy. But I got to tell you, Ron Kuby is a lowlife. Went to his Facebook page yesterday and read this. Desperate hostage situation in Gaza. Two million Palestinians, from babies to the elderly, are being held by Israel in a completely blockaded tiny piece of land. An open-air prison subject to economic embargo, power cutoffs, and military attack. Ron Kuby, sympathizing with the Palestinians, he's Jewish. He's Jewish, but he's part of that BDS movement, you know, the same movement that Bernie Sanders is a part of, and many other Jews. These are the most despicable people. And I wrote that on my Facebook page yesterday. But let's get back to what happened on Saturday morning, Jewish holiday in Israel. 6 a.m., Hamas started this war, is what they started. And, yes, it was a holiday, and the Israelis were still sleeping, most of them, again, early in the morning. But I'm going to talk to a gentleman who Noam had on this morning, and i got to give Noam credit because it was a fabulous conversation. And the guy's name is Alex Trayman. He's the CEO and Jerusalem Bureau Chief of Jewish News Syndicate, JNS.org. And they had a terrific conversation and he was telling Noam what I was saying on Saturday and Sunday, which is, I understand it was a holiday, and very early in the morning. But the Israelis pride themselves on their security information. Let's face it, countries around the world, including us, rely on Israel for intelligence. And to think that these animals, Hamas, were able to do what they did. Now, look, these are really low lives they're animals they have they have they don't have the brains and or the money to do this you know that so clearly they had help from other big countries like oh i don't know iran who we just gave six billion dollars to they've been planning this for months you can tell this was not a one-day operation there are all kinds of theories as to what they did to breach the wall in gaza which include cybersecurity attacks, paragliding, how the Israelis didn't see that. And then these terrorists spent four or five hours going through all these communities in Israel, killing people, collecting hostages, and then put all these folks over 100 in trucks and took them back. That was over five hours, and the Israelis did nothing. So while, of course... It's hard to be critical of the Israelis today because they're suffering all this pain. The truth is, for a country that prides themselves, and they should, on their unbelievable intelligence, this was a colossal failure by Israel. Colossal. But with that said, what these people are going through is just devastating. 260 people murdered at a concert. Reminded me a lot of when ISIS, and Hamas is basically ISIS, 
when ISIS went into that concert in Paris. You remember that day in Paris when ISIS started shooting people at outdoor cafes and blew up, tried to blow up the soccer stadium, and they went into an amphitheater in Paris and started killing, and started killing people. And that's what that's what they did here. And of course, this this one hurts, man. This beautiful young girl, just gorgeous. Not that it matters, but this beautiful young gorgeous girl. Who you've seen pictures in the paper for days now, and um, they took this girl and they they threw her in a truck, and she was completely naked, completely naked. You can see it on her stomach. Man, I think she had to be dead because there's a good minute of that video, and at no point does anything on her body move. Parading people on the streets naked and. Children, there's a story in today's New York Post about a lady who called her husband. He's here in the United States and said, oh, my God, the terrorists are in the house. And they took her and her two little beautiful children. I mean, you have to see the pictures of these people in the Post, these two beautiful little girls, pigtails and dresses. And It's just terrible. How anybody today is not completely devastated. I don't care where you're from, what your ethnicity is, nationality. You're not destroyed for the people of Israel today. You have to be. You're not human. You're just not human. I don't know exactly how many hostages they have, but I will tell you this. This idiot president who I refuse to play on our show today will not be playing any quotes from Biden or Blinken or Booker or any of these Democrat low lies because I hold them partly responsible. And you may say, Sid, calm down. You're starting to sound like Bernie. I don't care. They are responsible. Why do you think Hamas took hostages? Well, they saw what Joe Biden just did, right? Joe Biden just gave Iran $6 billion and their hostages back. Doesn't it make sense to do it again? This is not all that tough to figure out, folks. So I'm not sure exactly how many hostages they've got. I heard just over 100. Noam, do you have that number? You know, we the only number we have is the number from Hamas. And normally you would sort of dismiss that because it is Hamas, but they're throwing out a number of 100, 130 hostages that they're holding. The Israelis are not saying anything because they don't want to tip their hat to what's exactly going on. But why that number seems semi-accurate is we're seeing all these pictures being shared online from families who have loved ones who are missing and they haven't been able to find them. And the thought is they've identified probably almost everybody that has been killed most everybody that's in the hospital. So that would leave these people who no one knows where they are. So that number could be accurate. They're talking about um, how exactly they did this. I mean, you're hearing all kinds of theories, obviously. The weapons that we left in that horrible Afghanistan exit, which left 13 Americans dead. Oh, yeah, that's Biden again, right? We've heard they've used some of those weapons, some of the Ukraine weapons, the $6 billion that we gave to Iran, uh, that was not used in this. I, I know that it, down the road, of course, it will come back to haunt us. There's no question about that. That wasn't used in this. But it doesn't matter because because we're not enforcing any sanctions, any sanctions, which President Trump did. Because we're not enforcing any sanctions, 
the Iranians have made a ton of money on oil over the last couple of years. They didn't need this $6 billion we just gave them to fund this attack. So you hear a lot about the $6 billion. I don't think they even used it. They didn't need to. We have made so many errors, the United States, dating back to Obama and Kerry. And, and folks, I see a lot of people talking online, even the squad, those low lives. I've seen nothing from Barack Obama, nothing. Have you seen anything from Barack Obama condemning this, anything? I haven't. Have you, Dome? I haven't checked, but I can check his Twitter feed right now and well, see. Well, as of yesterday afternoon, I saw nothing. Nothing. How many Hamas animals do they figure actually cross into Israel on Saturday morning and did this? Is there a number for that, no? They they think it's hundreds upon hundreds. I mean, it could be as many as a thousand. A thousand, yeah. And today is Columbus Day. I mean, that's, that's, I'm all dressed up, and for the third consecutive year, I'm really excited to be in a convertible Cadillac. My dear friend, Angelo Vivolo, who will join me at 8.40 this morning. I've got Joe Piscopo and Chaz Palminteri on the show today. This is an unbelievably great event, and I'm going. I think Joe Tacopina will be in my convertible Cadillac this year. And I love the Italian people, and I love their heritage. But there's no way in a million years this parade doesn't have a cloud over it based upon what happened in Israel the last couple of days. And I'm going to go and support the Italian people and have the best time I can. But to be honest, since Saturday morning, everything else, everything else outside of my family going on, this doesn't seem all that important. It just doesn't. I mean, I had this long conversation with Chad Lopez, text yesterday, and I said this, you know, and and I don't want to make it seem like everybody's not upset. I, I date back to the time when I was in Florida, and I was doing a 9-11 show, and somebody in Pompano Beach or Fort Lauderdale said to me, you know, enough already. You know, every year we've got to do this. It's enough. And I said, it's enough. He said, let me explain something to you. I was in New York. And I know that there were attacks in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and the Pentagon. But I'm sorry, 98% of the folks that died that tragic day were in New York, where I was living at the time. So I took it personal. And I'm Jewish. I'm not saying the rest of you are not upset. God bless you. This is personal for me. These are my people. I say this all the time. I may kid around about having veal parmesan night three of Passover. But you say something about the Jews to me, and I'll punch you across the face. Who on this station, who on this station talks more about anti-Semitism, brings on people like Dolph Hyken more than me? No. Let's be completely honest. Does anybody come even close? Uh, Let me think for a second. I don't think so. Right. No. No. So I'm taking this personal, as you should know, and, and I know you do. Your father lives in Israel. Your brother lives in Israel. This is more personal for us. So, yeah, I'm pissed. I'm pissed, I'm sad, I'm a lot of things. I just don't get it. People got mad at me yesterday. Well, what are you making it political for? Are you serious? Why am I making it political? This country? The first day Biden took office, the first day he took office, he called John Kerry in, figure out a way to make this work with the Iranians. You think I want to hear from Joe Biden today? 
You think I care that Kathy Hochul condemned this attack? You want a medal for that? Are you serious? I'm disgusted with all of these people. They're phonies and liars and help make this happen. Little kids. Girls my 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 daughter's age being raped in the street. You think I care that Joe Biden's upset? Well that Kathy Hochul condemns the attack? These are the people that let this happen. They made it happen. They're not in Tehran. They're in Washington, D.C. They're in New York. And I'll tell you something else, folks. About 8,000 people a day come into this city. And I'm not the type to get overly dramatic. I had to yell at Danielle yesterday, stop, stop, because she's nervous about Ava in Europe. She's nervous about Gabriel in the city. I said, Danielle, stop. But the truth is, there's about 8,000 people a day coming into our city, and we don't know who the F these people are. Is it so crazy at this point to assume that five out of these 8,000 are here to kill us, and five is enough to do serious damage over a hundred thousand of these people here every day, and I got to hear the mayor and other folks talk about we need to be humane. Humane. What about us? What about us? When do we start to matter? Illegals and Hamas and terrorists. These are the folks that this country now cares about, not taxpaying good Americans like me and you. We don't matter anymore. I'm starting to hate this city, and for the first time, maybe since 1979, when Jimmy Carter was president, I'm embarrassed for my country. I am not wearing an American flag pin on my jacket today. I'll never kneel during the national anthem, and I will never disrespect our troops. But I'm embarrassed today. I'm embarrassed. Back after this. What have we become? Just look what we have done. Radio 
77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Let me take you down, cause I'm going to Strawberry Good. I just saw that um, Richie Torres and Andrea Stewart Cousins and Carl Heasty, Stewart Cousins and Heasty responsible for the crime that is destroying the city. They called out that rally yesterday as inappropriate. Great for them. Like these people, New York One and MSNBC and CNN, like these people deserve a medal for stating the obvious. And excuse me for not loving Heasty and Stewart Cousins because they're the pricks that allow this cashless bail to continue here in New York. And the crime is out of control. So I'm not interested. I said it in the first segment. I'll say it again. I am not interested. We're going to go live to Jerusalem coming up at 645. This guy was on with Noam at about 5 o'clock this morning, and I must say that Noam did a tremendous job. His name is Alex Trayman. He's the CEO and Jerusalem bureau chief of the Jewish News Syndicate, He's an award-winning documentary filmmaker, Israeli political commentator, and syndicated columnist. JNS.org is where you find him. So he is going to join us live from Jerusalem in about 10 minutes. So you folks know that over the last couple of months, I've had this kind of silly back and forth with Mark Levin. And in fact, it even made Jason Barrett's report a couple of weeks ago. When I told Brian Kilmeade he should not have allowed Fox News to move his show on a Saturday for Levin. But today, all that silliness doesn't matter. Because Mark Levin and Sid Rosenberg just happen to be, not that I'm putting myself in his category, folks. Even though I get much better ratings here in New York, I understand, I understand the huge voice Levin is. And on this Monday morning, being that we're both Republicans and both Jewish, when Mark Levin says something smart, I'm going to play it and I'm going to give him credit. Because he deserves it. Both Republicans, both Jewish, and I like to think both have big voices in our lost country today. Mark Levin and Sid Rosenberg. So he delivered a message on his television show on Fox News this weekend, and he explained why the $6 billion we gave to Iran, we don't believe at least was used in this attack. In fact, I don't think they've touched that money yet. But it doesn't matter. Caught a gesture for Biden to give the country that wakes up every day in chance in Parliament, death to the United States, death to Israel, 
Why would you give them a penny, let alone $6 billion? So whether they used that money in this attack or not is not important. It's what Biden did that is absolutely unacceptable. Because the truth is they probably didn't use it in this attack. But it doesn't matter because Iran has a lot of money which clearly they used to help Hamas, Hezbollah, firing missiles from Lebanon for two consecutive days. And if you're trying to figure out how that's the case, I'm going to play it for you. Mark Levin, courtesy of Fox News, this is cut number three. And this goes directly to Joe Biden and his administration. Mark Levin, cut number three. I want to point out a couple of things to you. I said I'm going to get some things off my chest, and I am. Trump killed Soleimani, the head Nazi, really, of the Iranian military. Trump was destroying the Iranian economy with brutal sanctions. The Iranians were rising up. They don't like that government. They don't like the Nazi government in Tehran. And they're now being mowed down, slaughtered, raped, imprisoned, God knows what, because of our current policies. Trump was Israel's greatest friend in the Oval Office ever. Can that be said of Obama or Biden? No. Biden reversed everything. Biden rebuilt the Iranian war machine. I'll prove it in a minute. I'm sure the reporters and others getting information from the Biden Pentagon and White House won't tell you this. No, no, no. I'll tell you this. Biden rebuilt the Palestinian war machine. They were all on their heels. That's why there wasn't a war when Donald Trump was president between the Nazi terrorists and the Iranian Nazi regime and the Israelis. And the Israelis today are paying with their lives. I told you, I'm not candy coating a damn thing around here, and I'm not going to. Now, what do I mean that Biden rebuilt the Iranian war machine? Well, the $6 billion is in this account, and it will be that account at Okay, forget about the $6 billion. Although, the idea that a president of the United States would give $6 billion or allowed to be given to the Iranian regime that threatens the United States of America, that's unleashing holy Nazi-like hell on the Jewish people in Israel, and is threatening to get nukes, that's insane. In and of itself. Iran's illicit oil exports hit five-year high. Free Beacon, Adam Cradle. How is that possible? We have sanctions on the oil. How is that possible? Trump put sanctions in there. Well, Biden didn't exactly lift them, but he's not enforcing them. Listen to this. Iranian oil exports, a principal source of income for Tehran's cash-strapped regime, increased by 35% from 2021 to 2022. Gee, who was president then? You have it, Joe Biden. There it is, folks. Forget about the $6 billion, which will come back to haunt America and Israel down the road. This has been in place for years because Joe Biden doesn't enforce anything when it comes to Iran. There are reports that there have been new rockets fired just minutes ago into Israel. Literally minutes ago, we're going to go live to Jerusalem. Coming up after traffic, we're going to talk to a gentleman by the name of Alex Trayman, once again, the CEO and Jerusalem Bureau Chief, he was on with Noam about an hour and 40 minutes ago. And you can hear the sirens in the background in Jerusalem. And again, reports are that there have been new rockets fired by Hamas into Israel. 
just moments ago. We'll get all that. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers in football. The Giants fell flat once again in Miami against the Dolphins, losing 31 to 16 to fall to 1 and 4 overall on the year. New York's only touchdown for the afternoon came from the defensive side of the ball when Jason Pinnock returned one of two two interceptions on the day for 102 yards and the pick six. Giants quarterback Daniel Jones left in the fourth with a neck injury after taking a sack, making a way for backup Tyrod Taylor, who entered with just over 12 minutes left in regulation. Jones had x-rays after the game and will undergo imaging tests today to determine the severity of that neck issue. In Denver, the Jets helped offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett get some revenge over his old employer, beating the Broncos 31-21 to to move to 2-3 and overall for the season. Down five early on in the third quarter. Brees Hall broke off a huge 72-yard score to put New York in front. That was a big score of the day before Bryce Hall's 39-yard game-stealing scoop-in score. Later on, that would seal the deal for the Jets, who snap a three-game skid and hand the Broncos their third home loss of the season. Under new head coach Sean Payton, the Broncos move to a very underwhelming 1-4. and four. Week 5 action will wrap up tonight with the Green Bay Packers in Vegas to kick it off with the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Kickoff set for 8.15 p.m., and the Raiders are currently one-and-a-half-point favorites. Over to the MLB playoffs now, where the Twins and Astros are currently tied one game apiece in the ALDS after Minnesota's 6-2 win in Game 2 yesterday. The Orioles have dug themselves into an 0-2 hole after yesterday's 11 eight game two loss to the Texas Rangers in the other ALDS. Out in the NL, the Diamondbacks are a game up on the Dodgers as game two of that NLDS is set for tonight at 9.07 p.m. Eastern time. As for the remaining NLDS, the Phillies have a game advantage on the Braves heading into that game two set for a little earlier this evening at 6.07 p.m. Eastern time. Sports sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. And I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno He's your numero uno. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. those lyrics the revolution is here we need to get it together get it together now what is the name of this group again lewis thunderclap thunderclap right 
I know you played Strawberry Fields about 20 minutes ago. I forgot to mention I was so impressed with Mark Levin's commentary last night that today happens to be the birthday of the late, great John Lennon, who, of course, we know was murdered back in 1980 outside the Dakota building during a Monday night football game between the Dolphins and the Patriots, and Howard Cosell told the world all about it. Talking about murder, we're going to go live now to Jerusalem. This uh, gentleman was on with Noam Layden earlier this morning, and I have to tell you, it was it was a great conversation. His name is Alex Trayman. He's the CEO and Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate. He's an award-winning documentary filmmaker, Israeli political commentator, and syndicated columnist. And again, he's live in Jerusalem right now. Alex, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning. We're doing okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, I did just see on television there are reports that uh, just moments ago, moments ago, there was new rockets being launched into Israel. Are you aware of that? Are there any sirens going off? Do you have any idea what's going on in terms of that? Yeah, within the last hour, there were several rockets fired at Jerusalem. Uh, residents here were forced to go into uh, shelters when they heard the air raid sirens, and then we heard explosions overhead. Uh, but it's not just Jerusalem. As we speak, rockets are being fired and have been fired almost nonstop for the past uh, 48 hours plus uh, into Israeli population centers all over the country. You know, I remember after 9-11, and a lot of folks are making the very fair comparison that October 7th will always be Israel's 9-11. And I remember, Alex, after 9-11, we didn't know if and when it was going to stop. You know, we really thought that this could go on for days and weeks and months. And I guess you guys are in that situation right now. This started Saturday. This is Monday. And you're still getting rocket fire. Do, do you folks have any idea when this is going to stop? Well, first of all, we've been dealing with this for several years. This is an ongoing uh, cycle of escalations. Uh, but in terms of the, the most current round of fighting, we, we haven't even begun to see uh, the full force of the Israeli retaliation yet. Uh, there have been airstrikes uh, overnight, uh, and, but the first fighting in the initial 48 hours was really to secure the south of the country, which was uh, overrun with hundreds of terrorists. And, and like you mentioned, uh, a 9-11 type um, type of uh, scenario here, we had over a 1,000 people killed. Uh, we've had thousands injured, uh, well over 2,000 uh, injured, some seriously, some moderately, and, and also over 100 kidnapped and taken back into the Gaza Strip as hostages. Uh, so I have a feeling that this is going to uh, be continuing this cycle for, for many days at the very least, uh, if not weeks. And, and there's definitely the threat that the violence uh, between Israel and Gaza could overflow uh, into Judea and Samaria, commonly known as the West Bank, also into Israeli cities where you have uh, massive populations of Arab Israeli citizens, uh, and, and even more uh, dangerously potentially uh, in to Israel's north, where you have Hezbollah, which is 
keeping over 150,000 rockets and missiles at Israel, many of those missiles are much more sophisticated than the ones that the Hamas has in Gaza, many of them long-range, precision-guided, and can deliver much, much more serious payloads. Uh, so the threats are, are great, and we really don't know when and how this is going to end. My God. Alex Trayman, he's in Jerusalem right now as we speak, and you know, you talk about the hostages in Gaza, and uh, this is part of what is, is certainly a well-planned attack and smarter than just a couple of ragtag Hamas lowlives going into Israel. Clearly, this is months and months of preparation, but because those innocent civilians are in Gaza, and I know how much the Israeli government and the Israeli people, the Israeli people cherish their own citizens, the Israelis just can't go into Gaza and start bombing right away because... They have no idea where these folks are. Is that fair to assume? Uh, it's fair to assume. It's also fair to assume that wherever they are taken is uh, severely booby-trapped. And uh, because it's been now 48 hours, you can you can bet that Hamas is waiting for Israeli troops to come in. And this is par- perhaps part of the hesitation. We haven't seen the official launch of a ground invasion. Uh, Israel wants to make sure that its battle plans are set, uh, that all of its uh, forces uh, have its have their missions. And we have to see whether Israel will be content to, to bomb from the air and use diplomatic channels to try to negotiate some kind of uh, prisoner swap, perhaps. Uh, or if Israel is going to have to go in by force and try to rescue uh, some of these hostages as they did in 1976 with the famous raid on the Ugandan airport in Entebbe. You know, Israel prides themselves, and deservedly so, on their unbelievable intelligence. Everybody knows, even the United States, we rely on you guys for a lot of our intelligence. For years, Israel has been the best in the world. And to think that what happened on Saturday could ever happen in Israel, for a guy like me back in Brooklyn, Queens, is, is mind-boggling. I don't know exactly what Hamas did. I know they had help, obviously. The Iranians certainly helped them. And Hezbollah and Lebanon, they're helping them out. They've got a lot of folks around the world that are helping them. But I heard all of the theories and possibilities that Hamas used on Saturday morning to get into Israel. And I know it was 6 a.m., it was a holiday, all those things were at play. But can you explain, Alex, some of the theories that are out there that enabled this most improbable security breach to happen, which may take years to unravel? Yeah, as you mentioned, this is really one of the most horrific intelligence and security failures uh, in the state of Israel's history and the worst since the attack on Israel in the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago. Um On the one hand, how could Israel not have known that Hamas was planning this attack? This obviously took months, if not uh, up to a year of planning, uh, and and Israel prides itself on its surveillance of Hamas terrorists. Uh, But this border is really one of the most secure borders in the world and one of the most surveilled borders in the world. And for Hamas to be able to take out uh, Israeli surveillance towers with with drones, then to fly uh, paragliders over the border with terrorists, uh, and then to have the fence breached in as many as 15 different locations by explosives and tractors uh, simultaneously is is a failure of monumental proportions. But worse than that, that the hundreds of terrorists that stormed into Israel were able to get as many as 15 miles uh, into Israel, into various Jewish communities, start 
shooting rampages and taking hostages and then bringing those hostages back across the breached border uh, without being intercepted by Israeli troops is is something that uh, really has Israelis incensed. Uh, certainly uh, heads will roll at some point uh, in the political and military echelons for the security failing. But right now, Israelis are waiting to see whether their political and security leadership will uh, launch some kind of attack that will change the paradigm. Because you don't just want to put the jihadi genie back into the bottle and wait until the next round. Uh, you, the line has been crossed, and, and some Something has to happen to make sure that Hamas never even dreams of trying to commit another attack like this again. I think uh, you said earlier that these terrorists were uh, in the communities, killing people, gathering hostages, and then returning for upwards of four to five hours. How is that possible? They can do all that, and in five hours, that's a long time. Nobody there intercepted these folks. And I think you said earlier, too, correct me if I'm wrong, not only were they using paragliders, and you talked about the explosives, but there is a theory out there there was a cyber attack as well. Isn't that true? Yeah, correct. There's uh, unconfirmed reports that there may have been a cyber attack around 6 in the morning on IDF communications because there is there is low-tech surveillance in addition to high-tech surveillance. So how is it that, that individuals, even if you had less people there because it was 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning on a holiday, and even if some people were – uh, repositioned into some hot into some flashpoints uh, in the northern Samaria West Bank area uh, that might have left the, the border with less surveillance than usual. Still, how could it have been that uh, nobody knew what was happening for for so long? And, and it's not far away from these areas where Israel has Apache helicopters that can you know get to get, get to a scene and, and be be shooting at terrorists in a short period of time. Uh, terrorists. Uh, took over Israeli tanks uh, and armored personnel carriers, and there's pictures of Israeli jeeps being driven by Hamas terrorists inside the Gaza Strip now. Uh, so as you said, uh, there's, this was a highly coordinated attack, a massive intelligence failing and security failing, and, and the, the real question is, is Israel going to make amends right now and uh, restore deterrence in, in a very serious way? And I know, Alex, this is going to go back to Netanyahu when it should, right? He's the coach of the team. He's He's the man in charge, as well as some of his other defense people. But are people on the streets of Jerusalem talking about the United States? Because while I hate to make it about politics, I have no choice. When Donald Trump was the president here, uh, Israel never had a bigger friend in the Oval Office than Donald. And since Joe Biden has taken over, forgetting about Ukraine, Russia, the possibility of China, Taiwan, 13 dead in Afghanistan. They could be using Afghan the weapons we left there. Now you've got this issue in the Middle East. Are people in Jerusalem talking about maybe the failures politically here in the United States? Well, you're correct what you said. The, the Trump administration period was one of the quietest in Israel, and uh, certainly terror has uh, escalated in Israel since the Biden administration has been off in office. The Biden administration has made some very good statements uh, since this started, uh, pledging their support for Israel, also moving, uh, pledging to move an aircraft carrier uh, into the region and, and provide Israel with, with some weapon support. Yeah, but, but, but hold on, Max. Isn't it too late? Isn't it too late when Joe Biden loosens up the oil restrictions and then in a ridiculous hostage swap gives Iran $6 billion? Who really cares what Biden says today? 
Well, that's correct. But well, what I want to do is to, to tell you that this is uh, this is decades of U.S. security and, and political failure here in the Middle East. You know, the the idea that Israel should be making land concessions uh, to to rogue terror entities uh, and and elevating them to the the level of state actors and, and telling Israel that it should be uh, dividing its land in order to make peace. Remember that Israel. Uh, on U.S. pressure, uh, withdrew completely from the Gaza Strip in 2005, 18 years ago. They removed all of their military infrastructure from the Strip. They uprooted 21 thriving Jewish communities with 8,500 citizens. And this was the first pilot of what an independent Palestinian entity could look like. And, of course, the Gaza Strip was immediately overrun by Hamas, which now governs the Strip uh, on a political level as well. And they've turned uh, they've turned Gaza Strip, which was a much quieter zone, uh, into a terror haven. And the Biden administration and other administrations, save the Trump administration, have been pushing Israel to make additional land concessions That's on right. Israel, uh, you know, for, for years. And I think that the, the lesson that should be learned over here is that is that when Israel is actually in the territory, it makes it safer, not just for Israelis, but also for the Palestinians. That's right. Uh, Biden and Obama wanted to go back to 1967. Let's not forget. And Trump, uh, again, Israel's greatest friend. So this morning, uh, I know this for a fact, uh, Alex, that uh, just about everybody who is able, physically able, has now been called to serve young men, young women. Uh, basically, everybody in Israel this morning is serving. And I, and I keep seeing pictures of young soldiers basically sleeping on the streets all night long as they continue their efforts to defend Israel. Is that right? Yeah, there's over 300,000 individuals called up uh, to active and reserve service right now, basically all of the eligible soldiers in the entire country. And, uh, you know, unlike Hamas, which is willing to see their soldiers die uh, in action, you know, these are fathers, brothers, uh, sons and daughters, of families, and, and you can't imagine the type of uh, pain and tension that is running through uh, the families of those that have loved ones that are are now called up, knowing that they may be going, uh, you know, on foot into the highly booby-trapped the Gaza Strip and potentially into southern Lebanon if it gets there as well. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a very, very tense situation uh, for Israelis, and, and it does. It does actually put the, the political considerations uh, onto uh, onto the, the low flame, so to speak, because uh, you know we're, we're we need to we need to mobilize and, and do what we need to do. If this government does not uh, decide to take swift and decisive action, uh, I think there there could very well be uh, be heads rolling in the near future. My God. Alex Trayman is the CEO and Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate. He's an award-winning documentary filmmaker. He's an Israeli political commentator and syndicated columnist. You can find his work at JNS.org. All I can say, Alex, is please be safe. God bless you. This was a great conversation. And I want to talk again maybe in a day or two. So be safe and be well. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sid. All right, Alex. Alex Trayman right there here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. We'll take a short break. Pray for Israel, folks. Pray for Israel.
Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. fold again 714 on your monday morning and it is columbus day i'll be heading over to the parade right after the show and third consecutive year taking part convertible cadillac joe piscopo who will join us next the whole thing angelo vivolo it's a big deal but of course after what happened in israel on saturday for me for sid rosenberg i'm having a hard time really enjoying anything else before i get to curtis you know curtis used to have a successful radio show with a guy named Ron Kuby, the Curtis and Kuby Show. And over the years, uh, Kuby actually testified for the guys that shot Curtis. That, that's all you need to know about this guy. He's a real piece of garbage. But over the years, I defended him, kind of liked him, me and Bernard. Well, I'm done with him. Yesterday, I blocked him on Facebook, and I don't want to see him or hear from him ever again. This is what Ron Kuby put on his Facebook page yesterday. Desperate hostage situation in Gaza. Two million Palestinians, he's talking about the Palestinians, folks, from babies to the elderly, are being held by Israel in a completely blockaded, tiny piece of land, an open-air prison subject to economic embargo cutoffs, power cutoffs, and military attacks. Ron Kuby found it in his heart as a self-hating Jew to talk about the horrors the Palestinians are going through on a day where Israeli women were being raped and murdered, children were being shot in front of their parents, and innocent men killed in the streets. That number now is over 1,200. Now, I know you're going to say you're not surprised, Tommy from another mommy, whatever you called them over the years, but not even a little, Curtis, not even a little on that day, Cool be to put something like that on his Facebook page? Why Why are you surprised? Did you see how the socialists, the Democratic, well, Democrat Socialists of America, get that? Democrat Socialists of America, they claim to be members of the Democratic Party, turned out hundreds into Times Square within 24 hours, organized, banners, chants. And I said, where are the Jews? Where are the Jews? Uh, a group did show up, paled in comparison. You know, the same thing, 9-11, right? 
It's the Rip Van Winkle effect. Everybody was asleep who should have been awake in Israel like we had here when we were attacked. A second time, remember, the towers were attacked a second time after 93. We knew they were going to come back again, and everybody was asleep in the well. And afterwards, all the countries came to us, you know, as we were sitting shiver. Oh, we feel your pain, empathy, sympathy, all Americans together, you know, waving the flag. I hated that feeling of weakness. I would much rather be feeling strength. Israel is at that point now. They're feeling weak. They're feeling under attack. I would much rather have an Israel strong, fighting back, smashing their enemies, than one that is saying, well, the whole world is actually starting to show some sympathy and empathy for us. The hell is sympathy and empathy. And what I saw yesterday, the turnout into the streets, so feeble. And now you're going to have your big mockers in your community. Oh, let's get together in Dag Hammershaw Plaza with the schmuck, the putz, Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, and all the politicians. Those are not my people. My I'm people, telling you. My people are guys like Dove Hyken, who will join me at 8 o'clock, Abe Hamra, Joey Borgen. Those are the guys that do fight in the streets. Those are the guys that spend their days and nights defending Jewish people. And you're right. It's been weak. It's been very weak. But you have to understand, Curtis. Israel looks bad here. Unfortunately, they're going through a horrific time. But the fact that they allowed this to happen, the fact that the greatest intelligence country in the world for decades got caught like this, and it was 6 a.m., and it was a holiday. But when you look into what happened on Saturday morning and the hour after hour after hour that the Israelis did nothing to stop it, this is not just a sad time for Israel, but I hate to say it, it's an embarrassing time. Well, I mean, who's the guy who sold himself like, you need me to be your prime minister because I'm a wartime prime minister. Bibi's got to go. He he was asleep at the wheel. I don't want to hear this. Bibi's the greatest prime minister in the history of Israel. He and all of his people have got to go. Shin Bet, Mossad, all the leaders there. Because just like we had our attack in 9-11, and Clinton had been asleep at the wheel for eight years, and Bush and Cheney had been asleep during their brief they, they, time. They weren't asleep. Clinton had Osama bin Laden three times. Yeah. But everybody was making money. Don't confuse making money and all that with being asleep. Uh, Clinton was just uh, neglectful in his duties. Yeah, but what did we find out afterwards? That we had tapes and tapes of conversations with Al-Qaeda, with no translation, that our secret services, with acronyms that I can't even pronounce, 19 of them, didn't even share information back and forth. When all is said and done, this lays on the the hands of Mossad, which is domestic security, and Shin Bet, which is international security. This is a box, right? Two million people are in a box. You have satellites on them. You can you can look at a pimple on the nose, on the schnoz of a Hamas guy walking around in the street. You can take out a terrorist driving around in a car, and you didn't see all of this coming. Come on now. you got to get rid of the old and bring in the new aggressive young men and women who seek vengeance, who say this will never happen again. Get these old codgers out of here. You don't think that Bibi Netanyahu is going to come back at these animals with a tremendous amount of force? Now, look, he's got to be careful right now. There are still terrorists as we speak. The IDF has reported this. There are still terrorists as we speak in these communities inside of Israel, and they've got 138 hostages, and unlike America... Israel actually cherishes every life. One life to Israel is like a thousand to America. Not only a life, a dead body. The return of a dead body can get you 1,000 prisoners 
terrorist prisoners. That's the belief in Israel. Look, that's their belief. That certain should not be our belief. But the point is here, we're in this together. America, big Satan, death to the big Satan, death to the little Satan, Israel. Our enemies chant that out all the time. In the Iranian parliament on Saturday, they chanted that. Of course. Death to America, death to Israel. And yet this idiot president, an idiot is not even the right word, gave them $6 billion. Now, I don't believe they used any of that in this attack. They didn't need to. As Mark Levin pointed out brilliantly on Fox News last night, they've made a ton of money on oil the last couple of years because Biden loosened up all the sanctions. Now, let me me predict what's going to happen. The pendulum is going to swing. As Israeli uh, Air Force and missiles take out Palestinians who will be used as human pillows. You will see the women dead. You will see the babies dead. You will see the elderly dead. And all of a sudden, all the sympathy and empathy for Israel will shift to the Palestinians. Oh, needless, unending force. We've seen this before. But you got to be a You're tough right. Jew. you got to be a, The world hates you. The world hates you. They don't want to support Israel. Get that through your thick skull. Well, everybody except for Donald Trump, of course. But but the world really doesn't give a damn. You got to understand that. No, they're stepping. I know they're stepping out of it, and they're saying, "Ah, oh, here they are." Even, even these local politicians in New York. I know you listened since the very beginning of the show. I made a decree to Justin, Noam, and Lou: do not play one Democrat soundbite this morning. I don't want to hear the tears today from Biden and Booker and Hochul. They're phonies. They're garbage. They're the same people, along with people like Schumer and Nadler, who are okay with the Iran deal, knowing full well right, that Iran never complied. These are their people. Yeah, you understand what DSA is the Democratic Socialists of America. Bernie Sanders is their leader. Their the BDS, sub-leader, right, right. The BDS. Yeah. Their sub-leader is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, all out crazy. This is sponsored by the New York City DSA with support from the, well, from the national DSA. Democrats, you got a problem in your own party. You got a group of anti-Semites, Israel haters in your own party, and you better stand up, not just to issue a tweet, oh, this is bad, start denouncing your own. Every member of the DSA must take a test. Whose side are you on? Are you on the side of Hamas? Or are you on the side of America? You know, I wish you were in my living room yesterday about 3 o'clock to the point you just made, Curtis. When I saw the picture of that lowlife holding up his phone with a swastika at this rally yesterday. You know what I did? I texted the mayor. And to your point, I said, uh, Eric, you got to be fierce. You want to gain respect from people who don't trust you? It can't be like you just said, oh, I'm sorry, send out a tweet. you got to be fierce. And I said, how do you allow these hateful people to congregate? And his answer was, and I know he's right, we couldn't stop them. I said, oh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, we, can't, we, can't, we can't stop the illegals coming, and we can't do anything. Hey, grow a set. You know what I would have said as mayor? Oh, Hamas, a terrorist organization. Islamic Jihad, a terrorist organization. Fatah, a terrorist organization. They want to kill the Israelis first and then come and kill us. 
put them all on the Paradise Express and zoom them on up to our side where they're going to have sex with their 72 virgins. They have old men convincing young men that this is the, this is the way to paradise. Notice the old men didn't take that way. I would have turned around as a young Palestinian said, how come you keep talking about this Paradise Express and how it'll be great in heaven and it sucks here in the Gaza. So this is the way to heaven and to have sex with virgins that you won't let me have sex with here. Old men are encouraging young men to do this. If they want to go on the Paradise Express and die as a terrorist, zoom them on up to our side as quickly as possible. Stop this nonsense. There's nothing we can do. And I hope Dove Hiking is calling for a rally of all rallies. Because this time, you Jews out there better not deny me a righteous Gentile an opportunity to speak. Because you do it, or we'll be offending Schumer and Eric Adams and all the Democrats who have the DSA as part of them. Democratic Socialists of America hate Jews. And you want to keep them in your party? That's a pox on you, Democrats. and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. So as I mentioned earlier in the program, I'm very excited about uh, what I'm doing after the show today. It's my now third consecutive year, but I've been uh, I've been honored by the great Angelo Vivolo, who will join me coming up at 8.40 this morning. I'm going to be once again in a convertible Cadillac down Fifth Avenue, this wonderful Columbus Day parade. And I'm a Jew, mind you. Uh, but when I do think about this parade, there is one guy that comes to mind first. There is. And, of course, he is the voice of the parade, the face of the parade on channel. Channel 7, morning show host and dear friend of mine, Joe Piscopo. Let's spend a couple of minutes with Joe this morning. Joe, good morning, buddy. How are you? Dave, I am so pleased that you're joining us celebrating Columbus Day. I have the director at ABC7 in New York. He's got locked and loaded. The one thing I asked was, I want a camera on Sid Rosenberg. That's what we need this morning. I need a camera on Sid. Did we do that last year? Did, did we do that last year? Come on. No, you, did do, you, you did do it last year. And uh, you, Maria, and Ken all mentioned me. It was a big deal. And I've got, uh, you know, I always have somebody in the car with me that's that's notable. I think today I've got, <laughs> I've got one of the great Italian Americans ever on a serious note happens to be yeah, the attorney yeah. for President Donald Trump and a friend of mine yeah. for 46 years, the very yeah. handsome and rugged Joseph Takapina will be in the call great with guy. me this year. How about that? That'll be great. He's not, not going to be as pretty as who you were with last year, but no, he that's is great. great. <laughs> <laughs> You're right about that. You are right, Joe. And I, I, what happened to Maria this year? Is she not going to be there? You know, she's so busy. Thanks for asking, because I want to address the television audience as well. She's so busy. 
so overwhelmed and on assignment, so she couldn't. So it's me, and it's uh, the the you know the guys at uh, ABC Seven. So, but I always miss her. And you know what I'm doing this week? It's crazy. We're doing today Columbus Day in a big way, and then this weekend I go with the National Italian American Foundation. That's in Washington D.C., and we're going to do that. Maria will be down there. But you know the Italians, they try to take the statue down. They never give us any respect with the Rodney Dangerfields of ethnicity, Sid Rosenberg. You know that. No, and so true. now this is the day. And thank you to you and Margot and John Katzmatidis for for really highlighting all the ethnicity in New York City. Nobody does that anymore, Sid. It's the foundation of this town, my brother. No, you're right about that. But uh, this one is especially special for me because I've always wanted to be Italian. I've told this story many times. I yelled at my parents when I was a kid. And now I have the opportunity, at least, uh, with two of the hottest shows on Amazon Prime right now with Gravesend and Inside Man. I play a, a mobster, an Italian, in both of those, which is actually very cool. But on a serious note, years and years ago, when uh, Chaz Palminteri, who's also going to join me coming up at 910 this morning, called me and he said, listen, me and my buddy Phil Folia, who has since passed away, God Oh, so oh, we, uh, yeah. we're really upset about what they're trying to do. They're trying to take the statue down. They now call this Indigenous People Day. My son, for example, he goes to high school in New York City, and today they are celebrating yeah. Indigenous People Day, not what? Columbus Day. What? I mean, it, it is it is absolutely it, disgusting, Joe. Well, why don't you play the character? You play a Gravesend, and we'll go visit the school today. This morning, <laughs> we'll go over you and me. I, go, I think maybe you should change your day that you're celebrating. Can we do that? You're great. By the way, you're great. You're great. I'm Phil, you should go over. You can say, like, I know a guy. This is Columbus Day. That's the way it's going to be. Yeah, that would be great. Come on. Oh, man. We, we should do that. You're right. It's just, it is incredible, the the uh, disrespect. I mean, the Italian people and, you know, they, everything they've done for this country has been amazing. And uh, most of my friends are Italian. They're great cooks. They're the best looking. They're funny. They're great actors. I mean, I, I just don't know. What do they want from you people, Joe? What do they want? I don't know, but, you know, all I think of is my parents and my grandparents coming over here from another country. They came from Avellino. They came from Salerno. They came from uh, the great country of Italy. They came here. They, they learned the language. They learned the laws, Sid Rosenberg. They learned they, – they came with the American flag in hand. They didn't bring a flag from their country and then plant it right there in, in America. They came with the American flag. My grandfather always told me he had tears in his eyes when he went by the Statue of Liberty, you know. So it's like this is the greatest country in the world. We have to embrace that. Why they're trying to take it away? Because the Italians are the most patriotic of all. Sid, we love this country more than anybody. I'm going to the Columbus Citizens Foundation right now with our mutual friend, Angelo Bivolo, and I'm going to broadcast from the Columbus Citizens wow. Foundation to tell everybody how, how proud we are to be Italian. But we celebrate ethnicity everywhere in this country, man. And you, and you, you know, as a Jewish American, you're so proud of your heritage, and we should celebrate everybody. This is Columbus Day, Sid. You know, Columbus Day, and we ain't taking it back. And they're not taking that statue down ever. No, never. And on the way out in the last couple of seconds, you mentioned the fact that I am Jewish. And I have to tell you, Joe, that, you know, I wake up Sunday morning, I have a cup of coffee, I go for breakfast with my family, I watch football all day, I love it. And instead, yesterday, I didn't watch anything. I sat there in my living room and, yeah. and was yeah. very introspective yeah. about what's happening to, to my people in Israel the last couple of days. And while yeah. this is going to be a great celebration today and a great parade, and I love you to death, there's no question that uh, there'll be a lot of folks having a very hard time celebrating too much today because of what's going on with our friends in Israel. I know you know that. You know what, and I and how how true the Italians 
and our Jewish brothers and sisters that's so similar in in culture, you know, and in love and in and and when I thought what I saw what happened over the weekend, I know you too, Sid. You got to you got to go on the on the radio. You do a great job there at WABC. It just rips my heart out, and we're, we are holding on to Columbus Day, but never ever forgetting the inexcusable incidents that happened. Inexcusable, and we. And by the way, Sid, me and you, me and you on the radio. Can I talk real honest here? You know, if you're gonna don't do don't do a demonstration. But what do they have? A terrorist demonstration? They had. Yeah. Stop yeah. it. Just stop it. It's gross. And, you know, I texted the mayor, and uh, not only do they have a a palace, a pro Palestinian. There's no such thing as Palestine, morons. A pro Palestinian rally at Times Square yesterday, but the paper grabbed a picture of a guy holding up his phone with a swastika, and I and I texted Mayor Eric Adams, and I said, Hey, Eric, how do you allow this to happen in your city? That that that's that's not free speech. That's hate speech. And he did reply. He replied. Two minutes, and he said, and I quote, we can't stop him. Well, just like that. Just like that. But he can say something. I, I believe he did say something very much in support of Israel. You know, I've been, you know what, you know, me, and on uh, Sunday nights, we, I was just over there at the studios uh, last night doing Sundays with Sinatra. You know what I opened with? And this was the choice I had to make. Do I come in and do I do a happy Sundays with Sinatra? I played Frank Sinatra in Israel in 1962, wow. where he went over there when I was a very young country. And I had my I was brought up with all Jewish guys. You were brought up with Italian guys. I was brought up with all Jewish guys from, <laughs> from South Philly. Yeah. And so and all of them told me how important it was to have the state of Israel. They told me about the Holocaust. They told me how to never forget. So I opened the show with Mr. Sinatra up there talking how great Israel is, and I played a performance that he did in Tel Aviv in 1962, Sydney, 1962, to support the Jewish cause. No, that is beautiful. You know? That is, Bill, listen, you're you're a beautiful man, you you are, and I mean this sincerely, one of my favorite people. I just, I never see Joe Piscopo without him smiling and hugging and kissing, and I mean it. You just, you emit this unbelievable ray of energy and love, and I can't wait to see you later on this morning on Fifth Avenue, and I may even jump out of the car and over and kiss you. I don't know. We'll see. But you, you, you do that, and I'll tell I'll tell our director at ABC Seven, Sid Rosenberg, or nothing, baby. Put that camera right on Sydney. That's it. That's right. I, I got you covered. I got you back. Thank you, Joe. Thank you for joining me this morning. God bless you. We'll see you later on today at the Columbus Day Parade. You're a great you, Italian too. and a great American. I love you. Thank you. Right back at you, Sydney. Love you, man. Thank love you, you too. Brother. There he is, morning show host at nine seventy. He'll be on Channel Seven today, hosting the Columbus Day Parade, and really one of the finest and nicest people you'll ever meet. My friend Joe Piscopo. Quick break. We'll come back and talk to the editor of the National Review, Rich Lowry, right here on the Monday edition of Sitting Friends in the Morning. Deep in the heart of me, so deep in my heart that you're really a part of me. Sitting Friends in the Morning, 77 WABC.
Jackson Brown celebrating a birthday today. The great Jackson Brown, always a huge fan of Jackson. They use this song, Somebody's Baby, in one of my favorite movies ever, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Jackson turned out to be a, uh, a bad guy. He used to smack around his girlfriend, Daryl Hannah, who also, remember, dated John F. Kennedy Jr. for a long time. How old is Jackson Brown today? 75 years No way. Lou, I'm going to punch you right across the face if you say that I again. I don't blame you. I won't say it again. 75 Jackson Brown? 75. They're all old now. Aye, aye, aye. Well, listen, it's been a great show already. We are trying, and not just trying, but succeeding. And only we can do this. I, I, I hate to, to be disrespectful to any other show on this station or around the city, but we're the only show that can do this which is walk this delicate tightrope to celebrate Columbus Day, but at the same time really delve into what's going on in Israel because that's the big story. So we're going to go back live to Jerusalem coming up at 825 with Alex Trayman. We um, we spoke uh, to Curtis Sliwa this morning. He was terrific. But we just spoke to Joe Piscopo about Columbus Day. And throughout the morning, until I'm done at 10 o'clock, we'll do more of that. My guest right now is the editor of the National Review, Politico, NBC, and a dear friend, Rich Lowry. Great on a Monday morning. Rich, good morning, pal. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Hey, I never knew you had an aspiration to be Italian. Oh, my God. The worst. I went to poly prep with every good-looking Italian buddies. Who would, <laughs> they were driving Jaguars down Shore Road at 16 years old. Are you kidding me? Come on. They, 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 they used to come to school in the, in the fifth grade with hundreds of dollars in their pocket and and they had they were good looking, had beautiful girlfriends. I never got it. <laughs> don't forget that was the era of uh, Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta. I mean, Tony Manero was the man. So yeah, that is all. Yeah, true. well, if 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 I didn't know you're Jewish, I would think you're Italian. So Everybody, you've, you've achieved one of your aspirations. <laughs> well, that's why I this play Italians in the movies. Yeah, I just in fact uh, not that long ago with my friends Peter Gordio and Craig DeFrancia and others, I played another Italian guy, Vincenzo, in a movie. Coming out uh, sometime next year, my third consecutive movie playing an Italian. But on a serious note, <laughs> See, today the ultimate revenge. All, yeah. all those guys in high school you thought were so right. cool. No one's ever heard of them again. But you, you're playing Italians, right? On the big and I'm the so biggest there, there star, and the, being being the biggest star in this city. But on a serious note, uh, today I am very proud to be Jewish. Uh, every day I'm very proud to be Jewish. Mm-hmm. Nobody in this city does more with anti-Semitism, whether it's Dove Hiking mm-hmm. or a host of other guests. You know that than I do. Yep. Um, and after seeing what happened in Israel the last couple of days, I just, you know, I swear to God, I, I was talking to my beautiful wife, Danielle, last night, and I said, I get it. You know, Pat Tillman gave up this beautiful life. He was making $2 million, mm-hmm. gorgeous wife, great kids, beautiful home in Arizona, National Football League. He had it all, and he gave it up after watching the towers crumble on nine eleven. Now I'm fifty six years old and I'm Jewish and way over the hill. But don't kid yourself. I thought for one second this weekend about flying down to Israel mm-hmm. and helping in this fight. And I know that yeah. there are hundreds I know Dover not Dover, but uh Noam reported earlier, there are hundreds of New Yorkers on the way to Israel right now to help and I get it, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, this this is the thing. It's not it wasn't just an anti Israel attack. You know, they they hurl all the invective at Israel, you know, the colonial occupiers and all that. It's anti-Jewish at the end of the day. It's a pogrom. This is the same thing we've seen for millennia. It could have happened on the, and did happen, you know, on the steps of Russia. Um, 
700 years ago. And the thing is, if they could get here and they could rampage through Brooklyn or New York City, they'd be just as happy to kill Jews here as they as they were happy. Well, I got news for you. I got news for you, Rich. 8,000 people a day come into this city. And I texted the mayor about this. Two things I texted the mayor about yesterday. A, that repulsive rally we allowed to happen with these Mm -hmm. pro-Palestinian lowlives. And B, 8,000 people a day, over 100,000 large if you don't think some of those folks are bad folks and about to do bad things in New York, you're somewhere between naive and stupid and mm-hmm. closer to the latter. Yeah, well, a- another reason you should control the border, but obviously Joe Biden has no interest in, in doing it. But this is just its just shocking. It's, it's terrible. And I agree with Curtis, unfortunately. What's going to happen is for about a week, maybe two we got Israel's back. This is terrible. This is shocking. The, the whole world stands with Israel. We light up the Brandenburg Gate and the colors of the Israeli flag. And then it's going to be, you know what, this is disproportionate. You know, Israel needs to stand down. How they possibly can they be doing this? Look at this terrible image, you know, coming out of Gaza, and the international pressure will be, begin. And you got to figure, you know, Hamas, this was well-planned, you know, for months. They had to figure what they were going to do afterwards when the, the crushing response happened. And part of it has to be depending on this international opinion to stay Israel's hand. And it's, you know, I don't care what Joe Biden was saying over the, over the weekend. And, and two weeks from now, the State Department is going to be saying, gosh, this has to end. First of all, is it unfortunate you were agreeing with Curtis or what he said? <laughs> Second of all, I'm, I'm, I'm always impressed that you listen all day, every day, because that was about an hour ago. But you're right, and Curtis is right. That's going to happen. And look, I know you heard me say earlier I don't want to hear from Biden today. I don't want to hear. I don't care what he says. I don't mm-hmm. care because the truth is, is uh, Obama's administration, they were giving these Palestinian animals pallets of cash overnight. The very last night Obama stayed at the White House, one of the last things he did was give the Palestinians and Hamas a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Of course, he made the Iran deal with John Kerry. And the first day Biden won, the first day he won, he was looking to resurrect that deal, make it better for the Iranians. And we're not that far away from a deal where he gave him back five hostages and six billion. Whether they yeah. use that money in this attack or not, they probably didn't. I don't care. So this government, Joe Biden, all of his people, I don't want to hear, I don't want to see their tears today. They are partly the problem and the reason why Israel is suffering today. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you're right to cite Mark Levin. The, the key thing is not that six. Billion. Wow, that was six twenty-five, which Lowry. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't we don't focus all, just on, you know, that, that's symbolically what stands for their wrong-headedness and foolishness here. But it's it's the fact that they immediately took the pedal off the metal in terms of the the oil sanctions on Iran. You know, Trump had him down to zero. Basically, there was nothing left in the accounts. Right, he, he was destroying their economy. And then they had the great good luck that Joe Biden won the presidency and immediately stopped doing that. So that's that's the main thing. That's given them more resources. And as everyone's pointed out, money's fungible. And, the, the you know, Hamas, there's a great story in the Wall Street Journal over the weekend. Hamas is saying, yeah, Iran helped us plan this and, and gave the green light at it right before it went. So uh, it, but they'll they'll look they'll look at uh, they'll look uh, away from that, too, and, and we'll be back to seeking an Iran deal soon enough as well. How could any 
decent person, vote for a Democrat. I don't, I don't, Jew, I should say, any decent Jew. I want to get to uh, some other political stuff happening this week because it is a big week in Washington, D.C. Matt Gates, my friend Nancy Mace, who I think did the wrong thing, uh, did what they wanted to do last week. They ousted Kevin McCarthy. Congratulations. Now there'll be a new speaker coming up on Wednesday. I know both Steve Scalise, a friend of mine out of New Orleans, Louisiana, and uh, Jim Jordan, a friend of mine out of Ohio, both want that gig. Donald Trump last week endorsed Jordan, he did say if he had to, if they didn't get the votes, he would step in for 90 days. It's a mess. Nancy May said to me, we got rid of Kevin McCarthy to stop the chaos. I'm like, Nancy, really? This is chaos. What are you talking about? Are you nuts? So well, what do you think is going to happen on Wednesday? It's just complete madness. Yeah, I don't have a great read on it. The, the inside game, the traditional thing that would happen would be Steve Scalise wins because he's, he's an excellent line. He has a lot of good relationships all across the caucus. You know, he's a wonderful guy. Um, Jim Jordan, though, is playing this outside game. Uh, the, the, the biggest outsider, Donald Trump, endorsing him. A lot of key figures in uh, conservative media endorsing him. So I, I don't know. And they'd both be fine. I mean, this is the thing. that McCarthy did nothing wrong. And the, the upside, you know, the trade from McCarthy to Scalise or Jordan is going to be very small or nil probably because they have a four or five vote majority and they only uh, control one chamber of Congress and w- at a time when it's You know, I want to stop you for a second. It's so yeah. smart what you just said. It really is, Rich Lowry. Not surprised because you're brilliant. It ain't going to mean the damn thing. I mean, you really want to make a difference? You really want to open your mouths? Put Matt Gates there. He's the guy that's yelling and screaming how horrible Kevin McCarthy is, as if he can make a difference, because Jordan ain't going to be a difference. Scalise ain't going to be a difference. Put Matt Gates there. Let's see yeah. if he could put <laughs> right, right. He's he's the guy. He's got all the answers. Let's see, Dickface. Yeah, and also he doesn't want he doesn't want the job. If you, if you went to him with this proposition and say we we can vote you in uh, tomorrow, Matt, said, no, <laughs> no thanks. I'm not doing that. I'd be crazy to do that. And this is the the things said important thing a uh, little detail. They'll they'll should vote their kind of their nominee for speaker this week, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going on the floor with that person and getting a new speaker. This week, because that's, you know, as McCarthy showed, it's one thing to have the overwhelming support of the caucus. It's another thing to go on the floor where you can only lose four votes and actually win win that speaker vote so that that we may have to wait longer for that. Rich, I love you, man. You are such a great Monday guest. And uh, today, once again, tremendous job. Thank you for coming on. Happy Columbus Day and um, be safe. Okay. talk soon. All right, my friend. That's Rich Lowry who wakes up early in the morning and listens every day. I'm humbled by that. There's a guy that he's got all the contacts in the world. Is the editor of the National Review and uh, big sitting friends in the morning fan. Thank you, Rich. That wraps up our first two hours, and we've got a blockbuster two hours to come, including Dove Hiking, who will go live to Jerusalem. And we've got a gentleman coming on in the 9 o'clock hour that will be on with me this morning and Neil Cavuto on Fox News this afternoon who's a big-time Israeli intelligence guy. Uh, in fact, Justin, who exactly is this gentleman set to join me at 925? Uh, his name is Aaron Cohen. He's a counterterrorism uh, expert. He is a former uh, Israeli uh, uh, Special Forces member. Wow. I'm not exa- exactly sure which uh, which department he was in, whether it was whether he was in Mossad or the other one, or I don't, I don't know. Uh, but we'll find out. And, uh, yeah, he's really um, in, into the weeds on... Uh, on how quickly Israel needs to get these hostages out, because the clock is ticking on that. Plus so. Angelo Vivolo, maybe Chaz Palminteri, and Joey Borgin as well. This is the only place you should be on this Monday morning, right here with me, 
Sit and Friends in the Morning, exclusively on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I don't usually work on Sunday mornings. I like to have a cup of coffee and spend the day with my family and watch football. But I come to you this morning with a profound sense of sadness over what's happened in Israel over the last couple of days videos of women and children and young men murdered, taken hostage, sad. And while I hate to make it about politics today, let's let's get right to the truth, okay? When Joe Biden's administration gives $6 billion to the Iranians who were celebrating in Parliament yesterday, death to the United States, death to Israel. People like AOC and Omar and that Democrat party that hate the Jews. I can't help but think if Donald Trump was still president, this never would have happened. So please, pray for Israel today. God bless Israel. Please pray. this song to start the program today that was a video i caught from my living room at about 7 30 yesterday morning just completely destroyed over what happened saturday morning in israel and continues to happen we're going to go live to jerusalem coming up in about 20 minutes alex trayman will join us when the children cry i just i look at some of these pictures and some of these videos little kids little girls little boys 
killed and being taken hostage. It's just, it's unthinkable. It's unthinkable what has happened. And there are so many people to blame in so many countries, including here. But my next guest spent the better part of four decades distinguishing himself as one of the great assemblymen in the city's history there in Borough Park, Brooklyn. He has since relocated to the five towns, but I like to call him the king of all Jews. He wrote uh, quite a moving story this weekend and also, like me, put up a very moving video, which we did play back at 6 o'clock. He's my friend Dove Hykend, who recently, mind you, changed parties after spending his whole life, almost 70 years, as a Democrat. Just a couple of months ago, Dove Hykend switched to a Republican. And we'll get to the political part of this during this conversation as well. But let me start with this, Dove. I know you're in Israel a lot, and you've got friends and family all over there. So let's start with this. Is everybody okay that you know? Well, first of all, thank you, Sid. And uh, my son is there in Jerusalem uh, 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 with his friends and um, my daughter with the six kids and her husband uh, just arrived this morning on El Al, uh, just picked them up from the airport. You know, Sid, we can see with our own eyes. We can witness with our own eyes and hearts and souls the, bar- the barbaric behavior of this organization called Hamas, which is no different than ISIS, no different than the Nazis. We saw innocent civilians, men, women, children, babies. It didn't matter. The only crime they committed was the fact that they were Jews. That's exactly what happened in Nazi Germany the hatred, you know, of ISIS towards America and towards Jews and Christians and so on. You know, right now, as we speak, uh, my son just told me in Jerusalem, you know, they ran to the bomb shelter uh, that we have in our home in Jerusalem. Uh, Something needs to dramatically happen here once and for all. What country in the world, Sid, lives with thousands of rockets being directed towards its cities. And this happens on a regular basis. Uh, And something needs to be done once and for all. And this time, Sid, it's going to happen. This organization of barbarians needs to be eliminated from its leadership in Gaza once and for all. It will benefit the people of Israel. It will benefit the Palestinians in Gaza, but this time it needs to be different, and we hope that America, that is now showing support, we hope that a week from now that same support will be there. You know, well, we're stop me for a second, because you know, you're, you're, hold on, hold on. You're like the second person this morning to talk about America's support, and I don't want to rain on a on, a, on an optimistic parade, but I don't want to hear about support this morning. Okay, I don't care. I don't care that Joe Biden is supporting Israel today. He's the same guy that 
that eased up on the sanctions uh, for Iran, where they've made tons and tons of money on oil, which helped provide the weaponry and, and, and the things that are killing our people. He's the same guy that just gave Iran $6 billion. They didn't use it during this attack, but they will somewhere down the road. I don't care about local politicians who are now upset. These are the same people that signed off on the Iran agreement, including Chuck Schumer and Jerry Nadler. So do me a favor and spare me the America supporting this, because the truth is the Democrats in America, they're every bit to blame, all of them, including the president, all of them. Right. Look, I, I, I'm totally with you. Uh, this problem with Hamas and what they represent could have been dealt with and eliminated a long, long time ago. But unfortunately, you know, everybody, you know, has Rahmanis eventually for the people in Gaza. And I get that. And it's unfortunate. But the point is, look what's going on. Look what just happened, for God's sake. I mean, this is beyond, beyond, you know, we all talk about what happened in America, you know, the, the tragedy uh, of, of the World Trade Center and, and so many thousands of people being murdered uh, within a day, within 24 hours. You have at least 800 dead Israelis, men, women, and children, from a population of 8 million Jews. By the way, that number has just been... Uh... We counted, now it's over 1,200 dead. It's unbelievable. Uh, Sid, what can I tell you? It's, uh, it's, it's sickening. I, uh, you know, people are worried. People are concerned. Uh, I, as my daughter was coming back, I was picking her up. I asked uh, one of my sons here, I said, please check with El Al on their flights this week. I want to be there. I want to go there. Whether I can do anything or not, I want to give them uh, what we call in Hebrew physics. Yes. I want to be there. Yeah. I want to be there on the ground. <clears throat> and let me tell you, this time it will be different. You just watch. Look, there are a lot of people who have been, you know, uh, what, it could be as many as 100, it could be even more, who are literally being held by these barbarians. <clears throat> and... You know, Israel has to deal with that. But I'm telling you, it's over. It's finished with Hamas. It's just going to take time. And talking about the Democratic Party, you know, where's the outrage right now, at this moment, at the sickness of AOC? What, what did AOC say? There should be a ceasefire? Uh, did you hear that? No, I, I did hear. Oh, Is this sick? I mean, it's beyond comprehension. Tlaib and Omar criticizing no, Israel. Stop, stop. I mean, the ceasefire. Does she know about humanity? They don't care. They don't care. Though they had a pro-Palestinian rally yesterday in New York City with a man holding up a phone with a swastika. But I have to ask you this. Almost every time you go to Israel, because I'm ignorant, I've never been there, which is really a shanda for a Jewish boy like me who loves my religion and proud of my heritage. I've never been there. But I always say to you, go, are you safe? Do you feel safe? And you always say to me, oh, please, Sid, I feel safer here than uh, than Borough Park, than New York. And I remember after 9-11, for a long time, people didn't feel safe. And we kept saying the world and the city has changed. And even 22 years later, it has changed, and I'm wondering if people like you, Dove, who continuously throughout the years told me how safe you felt. Is that gone? Look, I, I look. I'm not going to deny to you that uh, people. Look, I, I just saw my daughter, who I love dearly, my son-in-law, and six beautiful kids come back from Israel after being there for the holiday. I'm not going to deny that. Literally, they were trapped. 
traumatized. I, I can't deny the fact that the look on their face when I saw them at the airport just about a half hour ago was something that pained me so badly. And that's one of the reasons I want to go and I want to be there. Look, you, 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 you need to be there for the people of Israel when the sun is shining, and you need to be there when it's raining and when things are difficult. The people of Israel, the 8 million, they can't get on a plane and, and, and come to America and relax while, you know, while things get better. They live there. They are there. And, you know, my wife's uh, brother, his kids, one is a pilot, uh, one is a commando. They are flying. They are in, right now in the Army. Their lives are on the line. Uh, you know, this is real. I mean, when you're in Jerusalem over the last days of the holiday, my daughter was telling me, I mean, the hotels, they were chained. They were closed. People were inside. I mean, there's, there's no question when those sirens go off and those explosions happen. My son is there in Jerusalem. They, were, they ran to a special room uh, that is a safe room in the house. It's real. But you know what? You've got to be cautious. You can't be afraid. If you are afraid, that's exactly what our enemies want. And that gives them a victory. Cautious. The military will do what it has to do. But you can't be afraid, Sid, or the, or the game is over. You know, you're on this show quite a bit. I pride myself in being the guy in this city that I believe um, any show, TV or radio, spends more time talking about anti-Semitism because, quite frankly, every time there's an attack, you come on. And you're on this show often, which goes to show you the amount of anti-Semitism we're facing here in the city and around the world and I know some folks are coming out in support and saying all the right things the last couple of days. But do you get the feeling, Dove, that the world, for the most part, hates us? I, I believe that with all my heart, unfortunately. There are a lot of good people out there, a lot of amazing people. I'm talking about not in the Jewish community, who really love Israel and care deeply. In fact... There are a lot of non-Jews who care more deeply about Israel than a lot of our own people, Sid, and you know that. But let's go back to what's going on in the Middle East. I mean, what was going on as Jewish blood was being spilled, like during the period of the Nazis? They were celebrating in Ramallah. Yep. They were celebrating in the West Bank. They were giving out candies and sweets. And you want to talk about a two-state solution? Is that what Biden still wants to talk oh, about? Oh, please. Him. And Obama, too. solution with who? With who? Obama, too. With murderers? Obama wants to go back to 1967. I remember arguing with Bill Ritter. Bill Ritter, a Jew, Channel 7 in New York, telling me the only solution is a two-state solution. Are you kidding me? I would wipe Gaza right off the face of the earth this morning. See ya. Bye-bye. With no remorse. Last one, Dover. You, um, are you somewhat disappointed? from a military and strategic standpoint, that Israel, who was widely considered the best intelligence country in the world, got taken by surprise like this, and really, four or five hours after these terrorists were in Israel, they ne- they, they, they did nothing about it? Uh, Sid, it's beyond comprehension. It was a major failure on every single level, and they will deal with that 
guaranteed, starting with the prime minister and everyone else. How in God's name could this happen? And it just shows you, I mean, Sid, for the past week, you've had articles all over about the Yom Kippur War in 1973, where Israel was surprised, attacked, uh, and things were horrible during the first week. And everybody was saying, you know, that this could never happen again. Well, this is worse than what happened in the Yom Kippur War. Worse. And look, everybody's scratching their head. Everyone is trying to figure this out. You know, Israel is considered, you know, has a mighty military, and they do. And they're powerful, and so on and so forth. But how could this happen? And those questions will be answered, and heads will fly. Guaranteed, no question about it. But that comes a little later. Right now, Israel is under attack, and we need to show total, total support. All people, we are dealing with barbarians, murderers of men, women, and children. There's nothing to discuss. And Sid, I agree with you. Gaza, I, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they can drop a bomb and wipe the place out. Really, just totally. Because the people there, you know, look, it's terrible that innocent people there are suffering. But who do you blame? It's the leadership. It's the monsters they have. It's ISIS. It's Nazis. It's Taliban. That's what they're all about. And how do we deal with people like that? You destroy them from the face of the earth. And Hamas must be removed from leadership in Gaza. And I'm telling you, it will happen this time at a great cost, but it will happen. Dov Heiken, I love you. I'm very, very sorry. I'm glad that uh, your daughter's home safe, and hopefully your son remains safe, too, because you know how much I really do love you and how much you love the Jewish people and the state of Israel. So I'm very, very sorry this morning, but thank you on this difficult day for coming on and for staying in touch. Thank you, buddy. I love you, Sid. Thank you. Thank you, Dov. We'll go live to Jerusalem, live to Jerusalem coming up next with Alex Trayman. He's the CEO and Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate. He's an award-winning documentary filmmaker, Israeli political commentator, and syndicated columnist with Angelo Vivolo, Chaz Palminteri, Joey Borgen, and Aaron Cohen. Still to come a lot to come your way on this Monday as we walk this delicate line of celebrating Columbus Day, which I'll be a part of today at the parade for the third consecutive year, and pay homage to our friends in Israel who are going through absolute hell. We go live to Jerusalem next. And informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Boy, how about those lyrics? The revolution is here. We need to get it together. Get it together now. What is the name of this group again, Lewis? Thunderclap. Thunderclap. I know you played Strawberry Fields about 20 minutes ago. I forgot to mention I was so impressed with Mark Levin's commentary last night that today happens to be the birthday of the late, great John Lennon, who, of course, we know was murdered back in 1980 outside the Dakota building during a Monday night football game between the Dolphins and the Patriots, and Howard Cosell told the world all about it. Talking about murder, we're going to go live now to Jerusalem. This uh, gentleman was on with Noam Layden earlier this morning, and I have to tell you, it was it was a great conversation. His name is Alex Trayman. He's the CEO and Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate. He's an award-winning documentary filmmaker, Israeli political commentator, and syndicated columnist. And again, he's live in Jerusalem right now. Alex, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning. We're doing okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I I did just see on television there were reports that uh, just moments ago, moments ago there was new rockets being launched into Israel. Are you aware of that? Are there any sirens going off? Do you have any idea what's going on in terms of that? Yeah, within the last hour, there were several rockets fired at Jerusalem. Uh, residents here were forced to go into uh, shelters when they heard the air raid sirens, and then we heard explosions overhead. Uh, but it's not just Jerusalem. As we speak, rockets are being fired and have been fired almost nonstop for the past uh, 48 hours plus uh, into Israeli population centers all over the country. You know, I remember after 9-11, and a lot of folks are making the very fair comparison that October 7th will always be Israel's 9-11. And I remember, Alex, after 9-11, we didn't know if and when it was going to stop. You know, we really thought that this could go on for days and weeks and months. And I guess you guys are in that situation right now. This started Saturday. This is Monday. And you're still getting rocket fire. Do, do you folks have any idea when this is going to stop? Well, first of all, we've been dealing with this for several years. This is an ongoing uh, cycle of escalations. Uh, but in terms of the, the most current round of fighting, we, we haven't even begun to see uh, the full force of the Israeli retaliation yet. Uh, There have been airstrikes uh, overnight, uh, but the first fighting in the initial 48 hours was really to secure the south of the country, which was uh, overrun with hundreds of terrorists. And and like you mentioned, uh, a 9-11 type type of uh, scenario here, we had over 1,000 people killed. Uh, We've had thousands injured, uh, well over 2,000 injured, some seriously, some moderately, and and also over 100 kidnapped and taken back into the Gaza Strip as hostages. Uh, So I have a feeling that this is going to uh, be continuing this cycle for for many days at the very least, uh, if not weeks. And and there's definitely the threat that the violence uh, between Israel and Gaza could overflow. Uh, into Judea and Samaria, commonly known as the West Bank, also into Israeli cities where you have uh, massive populations of Arab Israeli citizens, uh, and and even more uh, dangerously potentially uh, into Israel's north, where you have Hezbollah 
which is pointing over 150,000 rockets and missiles at Israel. Many of those missiles are much more sophisticated than the ones that the Hamas has in Gaza, many of them long-range, precision-guided, and can deliver much, much more serious payloads. Uh, so the threats are, are great, and we really don't know when and how this is going to end. My God. Alex Trayman, he's in Jerusalem right now as we speak, and, you know, you talk about the hostages in Gaza, and uh, this is part of what is, is certainly a well-planned attack and smarter than just a couple of ragtag Hamas lowlives going into Israel. Clearly, this is months and months of preparation, but because those innocent civilians are in Gaza, and I know how much the Israeli government and the Israeli people, Israeli people cherish their own citizens, the Israelis just can't go into Gaza and start bombing right away because they have no idea where these folks are. Is that fair to assume? Uh, it's fair to assume. It's also fair to assume that wherever they are taken is uh, severely booby-trapped and uh, because it's been now 48 hours, you can you can bet that Hamas is waiting for Israeli troops to come in, and this is perhaps part of the hesitation. We haven't seen the official launch of a ground invasion. Uh, Israel wants to make sure that its battle plans are set, uh, that all of its uh, forces uh, have its have their missions, and we have to see whether Israel will be content to, to bomb from the air and use diplomatic channels to try to negotiate some kind of a prisoner swap, perhaps, uh, or if Israel is going to have to go in by force and try to rescue uh, some of these hostages, as they did in 1976 with the famous raid on the Ugandan airport in Entebbe. You know, Israel prides themselves, and deservedly so, on their unbelievable intelligence. Everybody knows, even the United States, we rely on you guys for a lot of our intelligence. For years, Israel has been the best in the world. And to think that what happened on Saturday could ever happen in Israel, for a guy like me back in Brooklyn, Queens, is, is mind-boggling. I don't know exactly what Hamas did. I know they had help, obviously. The Iranians certainly helped them in Hezbollah and Lebanon, they're helping them out. They've got a lot of folks around the world that are helping them. But I heard all of the theories and possibilities that Hamas used on Saturday morning to get into Israel. And I know it was 6 a.m., it was a holiday, all those things were at play. But can you explain, Alex, some of the theories that are out there that enabled this most improbable security breach to happen, which may take years to unravel? Yeah, as you mentioned, this is really one of the most horrific intelligence and security failures uh, in the state of Israel's history and the worst since the attack on Israel in the Yom Kippur War 50 years ago. Um, it, on the one hand, how could Israel not have known that Hamas was planning this attack? This obviously took months, if not uh, up to a year of planning, uh, and, and Israel prides itself on its surveillance of Hamas terrorists. Uh, but this border is really one of the most secure borders in the world and one of the most surveilled borders in the world. And for Hamas to be able to take out uh, Israeli surveillance towers with, with drones, then to fly uh, paragliders over the border with terrorists, uh, and then to have the fence breached in as many as 15 different locations by explosives and tractors uh, simultaneously is is a failure of monumental proportions, but worse than that, that the hundreds of terrorists that stormed into Israel were able to get as many as 15 miles uh, into Israel, into various Jewish communities, start 
shooting rampages and taking hostages and then bringing those hostages back across the breached border uh, without being intercepted by Israeli troops is is something that uh, really has Israelis incensed. Uh, certainly uh, heads will roll at some point uh, in the political and military echelons for the security failing. But right now, Israelis are waiting to see whether their political and security leadership will uh, launch some kind of attack that will change the paradigm. Because you don't just want to put the jihadi genie back into the bottle and wait until the next round. Uh, the line has been crossed, and, and some something has to happen to make sure that Hamas never even dreams of trying to commit another attack like this again. I think uh, you said earlier that these terrorists were uh, in the communities killing people, gathering hostages, and then returning for upwards of four to five hours. How is that possible? They can do all that, and in five hours, that's a long time. Nobody there intercepted these folks. And I think you said earlier, too, correct me if I'm wrong, not only were they using paragliders, and you talked about the explosives, but there is a theory out there there was a cyber attack as well. Isn't that true? Yeah, correct. There's uh, unconfirmed reports that there may have been a cyber attack around 6 in the morning on IDF communications because there is, there is low-tech surveillance in addition to high-tech surveillance. So how is it that, that individuals, even if you had less people there because it was 6 a.m. on a Saturday morning on a holiday, and even if some people were uh, repositioned into some hot, into some flashpoints uh, in the northern Samaria, West Bank area uh, that might have left uh, the border with less surveillance than usual. Still, how could it have been that uh, nobody knew what was happening for, for so long? And, and it's not far away from these areas where Israel has Apache helicopters that can, you know, get to, get, get to a scene and, and be, be shooting at terrorists in a short period of time. Uh, terrorists, uh, took over Israeli tanks uh, and armored personnel carriers, and there's pictures of Israeli jeeps being driven by Hamas terrorists inside the Gaza Strip now. Uh, so as you said, uh, there's, this was a highly coordinated attack, a massive intelligence failing and security failing, and, and the, the real question is, is Israel going to make amends right now and uh, restore deterrence in, in a very serious way? And I know, Alex, this is going to go back to Netanyahu when it should, right? He's the coach of the team. He's He's the man in charge, as well as some of his other defense people. But are people on the streets of Jerusalem talking about the United States? Because while I hate to make it about politics, I have no choice. When Donald Trump was the president here, uh, Israel never had a bigger friend in the Oval Office than Donald. And since Joe Biden has taken over, forgetting about Ukraine, Russia, the possibility of China, Taiwan, 13 dead in Afghanistan. They could be using Afghan the weapons we left there. Now you've got this issue in the Middle East. Are people in Jerusalem talking about maybe the failures politically here in the United States? Well, you're correct what you said. The, the Trump administration period was one of the quietest in Israel, and uh, certainly terror has uh, escalated in Israel since the Biden administration has been off in office. The Biden administration has made some very good statements uh, since this started, uh, pledging their support for Israel, also moving, uh, pledging to move an aircraft carrier uh, into the region and, and provide Israel with, with some weapon support. Yeah, but, but, but hold on, Matt. Isn't it too late? Isn't it too late when Joe Biden loosens up the oil restrictions and then in a ridiculous hostage swap gives Iran $6 billion? Who really cares what Biden says today? 
Well, that's correct. But well, what I want to do is to, to tell you that this is uh, this is decades of U.S. security and, and political failure here in the Middle East. You know, the the idea that Israel should be making land concessions uh, to to rogue terror entities uh, and and elevating them to the the level of state actors and, and telling Israel that it should be uh, dividing its land in order to make peace. Remember that Israel, uh, on U.S. pressure. Uh, withdrew completely from the Gaza Strip in 2005, 18 years ago. They removed all of their military infrastructure from the Strip. They uprooted 21 thriving Jewish communities with 8,500 citizens. And this was the first pilot of what an independent Palestinian entity could look like. And, of course, the Gaza Strip was immediately overrun by Hamas, which now governs the Strip uh, on a political level as well. And they've turned uh, they've turned Gaza Strip, which was a much quieter zone, uh, into a terror haven. And the Biden administration and other administrations, save the Trump administration, have been pushing Israel to make additional land concessions That's on right. Israel, uh, you know, for, for years. And I think that the, the lesson that should be learned over here is that is that when Israel is actually in the territory, it makes it safer, not just for Israelis, but also for the Palestinians. That's right. Uh, Biden and Obama wanted to go back to 1967. Let's not forget. And Trump, uh, again, Israel's greatest friend. So this morning, uh, I know this for a fact, uh, Alex, that uh, just about everybody who is able, physically able, has now been called to serve young men, young women. Uh, basically, everybody in Israel this morning is serving. And I, and I keep seeing pictures of young soldiers basically sleeping on the streets all night long as they continue their efforts to defend Israel. Is that right? Yeah, there's over 300,000 individuals called up uh, to active and reserve service right now, basically all of the eligible soldiers in the entire country. And, uh, you know, unlike Hamas, which is willing to see their soldiers die uh, in action, you know, these are fathers, brothers, uh, sons, and daughters of families, and, and you can't imagine the type of uh, pain and tension that is running through uh, the families of those that have loved ones that are are now called up, knowing that they may be going, uh, you know, on foot into the highly booby-trapped the Gaza Strip and potentially into southern Lebanon if it gets there as well. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a very, very tense situation uh, for Israelis, and, and it does it does actually put the, the political considerations uh, onto uh, onto the, the low flame, so to speak, because uh, you know we're, we're we need to we need to mobilize and, and do what we need to do. If this government does not uh, decide to take swift and decisive action, uh, I think there there could very well be uh, be heads rolling in the near future. My God. Alex Trayman is the CEO and Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate. He's an award-winning documentary filmmaker. He's an Israeli political commentator and syndicated columnist. You can find his work at JNS.org. All I can say, Alex, is please be safe. God bless you. This was a great conversation and I want to talk again maybe in a day or two. So be safe and be well. We'll talk again very soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sid. All right, Alex. Alex Trayman right there here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. We'll take a short break. Pray for Israel, folks. Pray for Israel.
This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Happy birthday to John Lennon on this uh, Monday morning. You know, Friday after the show was over, I went across the street to my buddy Jack's place, Jack and Chair's Empire Steakhouse, and we held our annual pre-Columbus Day press conference. It was terrific. John and Margot were there, and Chad and Emily and Andrew Giuliani. But, of course, the man of the hour on this Columbus Day is our dear friend Angelo Vivolo. I did speak to Joe Piscopo last hour. I guess he's been with Angelo quite a bit this morning. And again, as I've said a bunch of times today, I've had to walk this very delicate line between celebrating Columbus Day today but paying most of my attention to my folks in Israel who have had two of the most terrific days anyone could ever imagine. But I will be at the parade again today for my third consecutive year. It's a huge honor bestowed upon me by Angelo Back in a uh, Cadillac, and uh, Joe Tacopina, great Italian-American defense attorney, will join me today. Piscopo promised me a lot of FaceTime on Channel 7. So with that said, here he is, the man behind the parade, and my favorite Italian in the world, Angelo Vivolo. Angelo, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good morning, Sid. Uh, God bless you uh, for having me on. Uh, but I, I have to say, before we talk about this great celebration today, my heart and that's the heart of, I think, not only Italian-Americans, but all Americans go out to what's happening in Israel. It's just uh, a, a, a catastrophic, unbelievable uh, happening that uh, we cannot ignore. And that even though we're going to be celebrating today, walking up Fifth Avenue and you in a beautiful Cadillac, it, we're still going to be mindful of what's going on in Israel. And uh, our sympathies and support go for Israel and, and, and the Jewish community. So that, that I must say, because that is what I feel in my heart, and I know that's what most Americans do feel as well. So, uh, but uh, yes, today's going to be a good day. Uh, otherwise, uh, I, I did, I was with uh, Joe Piscopo this, uh, this morning earlier, and we talked about Sid Rosenberg. So. <laughs> that's funny. Well, first of all, thank you for your sentiment, and I know you, you do mean it, and Look, there's a real connection between the Italian people and the Jewish people. We were kind of the same, right? I mean, you know, you no eat, you eat earlier on Sundays, but otherwise we're you know we're we're the same family, culture, food. You know, I grew up wanting to be Italian. I know Italians that wanted to be Jewish. Jewish uh, absolutely. Yeah. So there's a you know I actually thought about uh, for a minute today at least Angelo while I'm sitting on uh, in the back seat of that Cadillac convertible, and I'm, I'm sitting, of course, on the outside. Everybody can see me, and I'm out, I am on television. I was going to have an Italian flag in one hand and Israeli flag in the other, but that, that's, that's not the place. This is all about the Italians today in Columbus Day, and you know over the years with Chaz Palminteri and Phil Folia in studio, years ago, uh, me showing up at that big conference in yeah. Columbus Park with uh, Audi Idala and Piscopo and other Italian folks as they tried to take the statue away, you know that I've been at the forefront as a Jewish man of trying to save this day because my son Gabriel 
is in high school in New York today, and they are not celebrating Columbus Day. They are celebrating Indigenous People Day. That is grotesque. Well, first, uh, let me say that I like the idea of having both flags with you today. Oh, you do? Because I, <laughs> I absolutely do. I think it's, it's symbolic of, of the, uh, the, 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 as you said, Jewish community, the Italian community, we're so similar. We're family-oriented. We're respectful people. We're good citizens. And I, I, I totally endorse what, if you did that, that would be fine by me and I'm sure fine by everyone else. As Thank a matter you. of fact, you probably be admired as you are for doing that. But, uh, yes, uh, you know, millions of people across the country today celebrating Columbus Day. Tens of thousands in the metropolitan area celebrating Columbus Day. So, you know, I, on the positive side, there are people who in their hearts and in their minds and, uh, it, uh Showing up at parades, celebrating this day, Columbus Day. So uh, I, you know, I can't say anything more than that we're going to have a great day today. And I know that someday you'd like to be the Grand Marshal of Columbus Day Parade. I, I, as a I would. Yes, we, I, we had that conversation. Yes, I don't believe. Have there, has there ever been a Jewish person as a Grand Marshal? I I believe there has been, but I, I have to check the yeah. records. Uh, but uh, there, there may have been in the past, but uh, I would totally endorse you. Well, I know. I know. God, I You're love you. You're such a great guy. I love great you. supporter Thank of our you. community. Thank you. Uh, I know it's a, it's, a mutual, it's a love fest between you and me, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's God's honest truth. It is true. So so uh, maybe down the road I would, uh, I would uh, love that honor, but who was the Grand Marshal of today's parade? Today, it's a woman by the name of Beth Peretta. She is a very, very special person. She she owns and operates a race car company, you know, an Indy 500 company. And all of her employees are women. Even the even the drivers are women. So she's a very accomplished lady. We have a guy by the name of Don DiCarlo, who is an attorney, a philanthropic, a very nice man. And we have also... A, a person by the name of uh, a priest, uh, oh, Father nice. Zach Peruti, who uh, who has, uh, has has devoted himself to helping former inmates get a, a, a college education. And then we have uh, two of my favorite people, uh, and uh, Tom Dinopoli. I don't know what you can say about Tom Dinopoli. He's been he's been reelected four times. I like him. Yeah. As state controller. Yep. He's a gentleman. He's a super great guy, and he represents the Italian community in, in the most wonderful way. And then there's Janet DiFiori, who is the uh, a, a great friend of mine, who a great friend of the state. She was the former uh, former chief judge of the state of New York, the Supreme Court, and. Uh, she made an incredible speech the other night at the gala. She's just a wonderful, wonderful individual. So we're very proud of our honorees and our grand marshal. And with good weather and with you there, it's going to be a spectacular day. <laughs> you are the best. How many people uh, do you expect uh, to show up? What, what, is, what oh. is usually the head count? Usually around 30,000 wow. uh, march up Fifth Avenue and weather permitting another 300,000 uh, people uh of viewing uh, the parade on Fifth Avenue, but I got to do a shout out for John Katzmanis and Margot. I mean, these are the most incredible people in the world. They're going to do three hours on 770, broadcasting the parade. I mean, they're just incredible, and I can't thank John and Margot enough for doing it. Uh, they're just wonderful, wonderful people. 
dear friends, and not only to me, but the entire Italian-American community. So uh, they're really, really great. And it's going to be a wonderful broadcast today. I, I'm yep. hoping to say a few words when they're there. Oh, you, you definitely should. And not just the, the Italian community, but uh, not blowing smoke up my boss's ass, uh, but the whole, any community. I mean, uh, you know, we have our days here at WABC, which I've never done before, which are beautiful. We do it for the Israelis, the Irish, the Italians, the blacks. It doesn't matter. They uh, They love everybody. And look, the truth is, I never knew who you were until I started working for John and Margot Katz and Matidis, and now I love you like a dad, so I thank them too. So uh, today is going to be great, and, and I can't thank you enough for, for allowing me to take part in this, let alone have a convertible Cadillac every year. It uh, means a lot to me. It's a huge honor it does, and, and whether it's the Italian people or the Israeli people today, I love them all, and I specifically love you. So thank you, Angelo. Thank you so much. But Sid. You honor us by participating, and I mean that most sincerely, and uh, I can't wait to see you later on coming up Fifth Avenue. Me too. Thank you, Angelo. What a terrific guy. This is, seriously, we have a, a word in Yiddish that goes, Gitten is shimmer, and that means good soul. You'll be hard-pressed to find a better person than Angelo Vivolo. And if you don't believe me, just ask John, Margo, Joe Piscopo, Chaz Palminteri, just about any Italian or any person in New York. He is a special, special man. And I'm honored to take part in his celebration down Fifth Avenue later on today. Thank you, Angelo. That wraps up our number three of Sid and Friends in the Morning. Still a lot more to do. We're going to speak to somebody who's one of the great intelligence minds in Israel over the last couple of decades. Very important 9 o'clock hour. Sid and Friends in the Morning about to come your way. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. On the streets of the Bronx is where I want to be. Standing on the corner, singing good old harmony. I'll be waiting for the man to come along and discover me. Oh, you hear this song, you think of a Bronx tale and chairs, palm and Terry right away. Get the chairs here momentarily, just... You know, speaking earlier this morning now, twice, to this uh, gentleman, Alex Trayman, live in Jerusalem, and the sirens going off every couple of minutes, and Israeli citizens in and out of shelters all day, folks. As often as you and I go to the kitchen or go to the bathroom, that's how often these people today are running in and out of shelters. There's been more rocket fire all over Israel now, third consecutive day. Now, the Israelis and the animals are fighting in Gaza and in other spots around Israel. 260 dead at that music festival, which really brings back memories of what ISIS did that day in Paris, you may remember, years ago, when another feckless leader, Barack Obama, was in charge, when they killed people sitting at cafes and bombed the soccer stadium and went into the amphitheater and started killing Innocent concert goers, 260 dead 
at that musical festival and a beautiful young woman who they kidnapped and um, killed and paraded her around naked in the back of a truck for all of us to see. She was at that concert. She's one of those 260. The latest number I've heard now is over 1,200 dead. There'll be more. There'll be a couple of thousand, I guarantee it. And 138 being held hostage. And as you heard Alex talk about, not only do we not know, when I say we, I mean the Israelis, not know exactly where these people are, but the consensus is they're all booby-trapped, all of them. So when Israeli soldiers, if they decide to do what they did in Entebbe in Uganda, way back when with Idi Amin, and save these people, the odds are they'll never make it. Because the consensus is they're all booby-trapped. Folks have no idea how horrible this is. Horrible. And we've got a rally in Times Square in New York City. There are more Jews here than any other state in the world. In the world. And we have a rally in Times Square with pro-Palestinian people holding up their phones, showing swastikas. And the mayor's response to me was, and I quote, because he did text me back, we can't stop them. So somehow, today I'm going to try to put some of this aside, some of it, and do what I've done for three consecutive years, and that is, in very honorable fashion, sit in a convertible Cadillac. Thank you to Angelo Vivolo, who just joined me moments ago, and enjoy one of the great days in New York, the Columbus Day Parade, a deserved parade for the great Italian people. And I just mentioned when you hear that song, you think about Chaz Palminteri and a Bronx tale, and he's one of those great Italian-Americans, if not the greatest. Him and Vivolo are right there, head-to-head. Here he is, my dear friend, the great actor, writer, producer, director, and Mr. Columbus Day, Chaz Palminteri. Chaz, good morning, pal. Uh, good morning, Sid. Uh, before I wish everyone a happy Columbus Day, my heart breaks for the Israeli people uh, I, I just have to mention that uh, when I saw this, I was blown away. I I don't know what to say. You know, I, I cannot believe the in, inhumanity to certain people could be. And and I just feel uh, my heart breaks for the Israeli people. And I hope all I can say is I hope they do what they have to do and get it done. That's all I'm going to say. Let them do what they have to do, because there's no negotiation. I'm not doing anything anymore. This is it. So, uh my heart breaks for them, and, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it's been bothering me for, like, since it happened. Uh, you know, uh, but this is what happens when, uh, you know, you cannot uh, you cannot uh, negotiate, and that's it. Uh, we can't. We can't negotiate. It's over. No more negotiation. That's it. You can't. And you have to do what you have to do. So I say, you know. Go ahead, do what you have to do. Right, no, no, listen, that. you're 100% right. All these uh, idiots, and a lot of these people are Jewish. A guy like Bill Ritter on Channel 7, but but others who go on and on about the only peaceful solution is a two-state solution. Well, the Palestinians have proven time and time again, no, 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 because the more Israel bends, the more these people cause havoc and destruction, and in this case, innocent death. So it is time for Israel to eradicate the Gaza Strip. Stop uh, looking for peaceful ways. Stop giving these, pe- these people more land. And I got to tell you, Chaz, you love this city. You're a Bronx boy, never left. You love this city. You loved and revered here. To see these people, 
These animals were massing in Times Square yesterday, pro-Palestinians, and one of them, which has made just about every paper in the country now, holding up his phone with a swastika on it. I know that the politicians can't stop it, and even the KKK can rally if they want to. But, right. man, it just seems so so grotesque, and it was just too easy. I don't know. It bothered the hell out of me, Chaz. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. No, I, I listen, I'm not Jewish, and I, my, my heart breaks. My wife is... Is, is is she cried? Uh, my children are upset by it. I mean, uh, if you're a human being, if you're just if you're a human being, you don't have to be Jewish, and you see things like this, and you're not bo- bothered by it, then something's wrong. Something's wrong. Now, do people have the right to protest? All right, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll say okay. You know what? They want to they want to protest. Go right ahead. You know, go ahead. Uh, you know, I don't like it. I hate it. I don't like with with the show with the swatch stickers and things like that. But I go, all right. It is America, Chaz. Let it go. Let it go. Uh, and I say, but to do that to another human being, to do that, I saw pictures of them shooting these soldiers and then peeing on them yeah. and then stepping on them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that is, yeah. you know what? That's just. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's no. There is no negotiations after that. It's over. It's over. I agree. You know? No, I agree. Uh, I don't want negotiations either, and I hate to say it, but way back when there was somebody who said an eye for an eye, and I want two eyes for an eye now. I mean, I want, I really want to put these, uh, you know, innocent uh, women and children, obviously, excluded. I'm not an animal like these people are. If I said that, it'd be just right. like them. But you got to do what you got to do, and uh, they didn't care about us. They were sending rockets into civilians. They, 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 there were no army bases. There were no, none of that. It was, hey, this is where the Jews live. Bomb it. So anyway, let's, uh, let's move to something um, more yes, festive yes, today. Yes. And I just spoke to Angelo Bibolo, and I did have Joe Piscopo on earlier this morning. And they did the same. You know, they, they, they like you, Chaz, are destroyed. They are legitimately destroyed about what happened in Israel. But this is a, a huge day for the Italian community in New York. Yes. And, and something that you and, and God rest your friend, Phil Foley, his soul, he's gone, we miss him, have fought for for years. As I said to both of those gentlemen in my son's school today, Gaby, who you love, they're not celebrating Columbus Day. They're celebrating yes. Disingenuous People Day. <laughs> and, excuse right. me, Indigenous People Day. Right. Uh, and those right. people deserve a holiday, too. Don't get me wrong, they do, but they got to pick this day just to screw the Italians. No, but they have one. They have one. They have a day. There is another day, Indigenous People Day. I don't really, I, was it November 19th or something? They have a day. Leave my day alone. This is our day. This is our day. And it'll always be our day. It'll always be Columbus Day. All these people can say Indigenous People. I told you, I was in the, I was in a store and a woman said, Happy, you know, Indigenous People Day. She goes, Monday, we got a big holiday. And I went, Susie? And I said, No, it's Columbus Day. She goes, No, it was Columbus Day. No, I said, No, you're wrong. It's it's Columbus Day, and it'll always be Columbus Day. You think she you know, she, she must have known who you were? She was just breaking your balls, or was she being serious? Well, I don't think she was. Well, she knew I was after I started speaking because I had my baseball cap on and my sunglasses, and I needed a, a shave for five days. So right. I don't think she knew. And then she realized as we got into a little bit of a you know discussion, and she says, "Oh my God, I'm sorry." I said, "No, no, that's okay." But it's it's Columbus Day. It's Columbus Day. That's what it is. It'll it'll always be Columbus Day, forever. 
and ever and ever. No, I agree. They'll never take down. They'll I agree. never take down the Columbus statue. Never. No, never. They, they tried years ago, and we put together this uh, huge coalition, and you were there, and Artie Idala, and uh, and right. Joe Piscopo, and these other and these other great Italians. Yeah. But, but but that was you know I remember you sitting in studio, you and Phil with me and Bernard. This goes back to 2017. That statue meeting we had in Col- right. at Columbus Circle was 2019. Uh, is is it still under the same attack it was, or has it subsided just a little bit? No, I, uh, Governor Cuomo, thank God, you know, uh, I got my my hats off to Governor Cuomo. I really, I mean that, you know, people have disagreements with him and problems. Yeah, I hate him. But, one thing, <laughs> but, but, I, one thing, but this know, is good. I know, but one thing he did, one thing he did as an Italian-American, he got the uh, Mother Cabrini thing done, and he made the uh, governor, he made the uh, statue a landmark so they can't take it. So. I say thank you to Governor Cuomo for that. I do. I say thank. I say you thank you for that too. That. I say thank you for that too, because Mother Cabrini deserves yeah. it, and and uh, so does right. uh, Christopher Columbus. I mean, the idea that all of a sudden he a he didn't find America, and if he did find America, he had slaves. I mean, what are we talking about here, Chaz? Jesus. No, you cannot judge the morality of 2024 the way it was then. It's just impossible. It's impossible. So please, you know, you have to keep history the way it is, or you're doomed to repeat it. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, and these great men, and you just want to take their name. Abraham Lincoln, they want to take his name down. This is insane. Everybody had flaws. Everyone. We all did. But you're judging them by the morality of today. You know, the, the tribes, when Columbus got there, those tribes had human sacrifices. The indigenous people had human sacrifices, Sid. Come on. So please don't tell me about this. You know, oh, man, it just gets me crazy, Sid. It really does. Oh, me too. No, I know. It makes me crazy, too, because I love you, and I love the Italian people. Like I said, I'll be in that convertible Cadillac in that parade for the third consecutive year today, and I'm Jewish, but uh, the Italian people mean so much to me and New York City and this country and this globe, and anybody who doesn't recognize that, has a has a major major issue, and let me just say this on the way out: Your son, I know your daughter Gabby is beautiful, and she's doing great Thank at Michigan, you. and she was terrific in Gravesend with us. She really was great. Thank you. But your son Dante had the chance to do some work with a couple of weeks ago. He is such a great. I mean, I'd like him to move back to New York from L.A. I hate where he lives, but he is yes. he is such a great kid. I mean, you and your wife did an amazing job with both of your children. You really did. Well, I appreciate that. You know, you teach them, you, you try to do the best you can and you hope for the best, you know, but you just, you know, you, you, you just try to tell them about, you know, you got to work hard. You can't get anything unless you work hard and respect other people, look people in the eye. My son, you know, and daughter, they're, they're good kids. My son goes to church every Sunday, you know, he's, He's a good kid, man. That's, he is. That's all you want, you know. Yep. You know, like like Gabe. You told Gabe I said hi. Gabe, <laughs> are you listening, Gabe? Where are you? <laughs> he loves you. He loves you again. I, we'll wrap I, it up with this: when when you died in the movie in a Bronx Tale, yeah. he cried all day because he thought you died in real life. I swear to God, he's like son. I dead. know. I know. <laughs> I remember the first time I met him. He looked at me because I thought you died. I said, No, I'm okay, Gabe. <laughs> I'm okay. Oh, my God. Angelo, Angelo, one of the great Italian Americans, 
Uh, God bless him for all the work he's doing. Please. Yeah, he's a great man, too. Chaz, thank you for hopping on this morning and your heartfelt words. And congratulations. And I agree. It will always be Columbus Day, and you will always be great. I love you. Thank you. And I'll, I will always celebrate Columbus Day at my restaurants, Chaz Palmetteri's in Manhattan and White Plains. Come there and get a glass of wine. God bless you. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second. If you come in today, and they're both great restaurants, the one in the theater district that Neil and I go to all the time, if you come in today, you get wine? Is that right? Well, if you come in and you're an Italian-American, you say, I heard Chaz on Sid, they'll give you a glass of wine. How about that? that? Look at this. Chaz Palminteri. Now, that's the way you celebrate Columbus Day, my friend. (laughs) That's right. God bless. God bless you. Thank you, Chaz. All right. God bless you. Oh, God, I love him. Chaz Palminteri. We'll, uh, we'll take a quick break. Uh, Chaz, you were terrific. Thank you. When we get back, we've got a really special guest coming up next. Uh, this guy is the real deal. Counterterrorism for Israel for many, many years. He was part of the special ops in Israel. He's been all over Fox News the last couple of days. He's the guy you want to talk to on a day like today. So we will. We will speak to Aaron Cohen. Here on Sid and Friends in the Morning, next. Talk Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Great John Lennon celebrating a birthday today. Strawberry Fields forever. It is 9.33 on your Monday morning. This is Columbus Day, big day here in New York. But um, regardless of all the celebration this morning with three great guests, mind you, Joe Piscopo, Chaz Palminteri, and Angelo Bibolo, what's happening in Israel is certainly uh, providing a cloud, if you will, over, over anything that's relatively celebratory today, just is. Aaron Cohen is a very impressive guy. Thank you to Aaron, too, for used to be Twitter. Now it's called X. For Is it called Xing Out now, not tweeting out? Xing Out. Uh, yesterday afternoon, that will be on with me this morning, and then we'll spend time on Fox Business this afternoon with Neil Cavuto. That was very, very nice. Aaron Cohen is a nationally recognized counterterrorism expert, and he actually, this is unbelievable, was one of Keanu Reeves' instructors for the John Wick franchise, which my wife likes. So let me get to Aaron right away. And before we get to the real serious conversation about what's going on in Israel, what was it like working with Keanu on all those John Wick movies? Uh, well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, good, to, good to talk to you, Sid. Uh, by you. the way, I'm a big fan of Chaz Palminteri. So let me know when Chaz is going to do part two of that play. <laughs> that, uh, that's Bond's movie. 
I'm ready to bring the, the Jewish kosher angle. I love it. I'm glad you were uh, listening. Well, I like working with Keanu. Ke- uh, Keanu's a doll. He's a doll. Uh, I've been working in film and television uh, for about 15 years. Uh, I did my first acting job in Steven Soderbergh's film called Haywire. Uh, I was hired to train the actors. Uh, you know, I teach the Israeli flavor. The camera loves it. It looks great. And I uh, was brought on by the director to train Keanu Reeves um, early in the franchise. Uh, the, the stunt coordinator called me up and said, hey, hey, man, he goes, uh, you're the closest thing I know to John Wick. I need you to spend some time with Keanu. And so I did uh, a, a lot of his concealed carry training, a lot of his uh, room clearing training, uh, you know, just a lot of the tactics that I was taught in Israel in my unit. Uh, and I was in a unit that dressed up as uh, as Arabs to uh, to be able to infiltrate terror neighborhoods undetected. Uh, you know, we can't drive around in Humvees. Uh, uh, you know, you'll get bombed. Right. So uh, we're able to work in small units, you know, three, four guys, uh, infiltrate terror hotbed neighborhoods, uh, you know, grab terrorists, throw them in a car and bring it back to Israel for trial and interrogation. And so that's all plain clothed work. And so it really informed the John Wick character. Now, he's had a lot of instructors. Uh, you know, he's trained with, with some of the Gracies, you know, who are the top Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys in the world, uh, the Machados. Uh, he's trained with uh, some, some amazing sports shooting world champions. You know, so I was a piece of a larger collective, but, but me and Keith spent a lot of time together. He's a sweet guy. Uh, he's a Canadian. I was also born in Canada. So, you know, I just always I get along with him very well. Uh, and he's a, you know, he's a brilliant student. He loves to learn. Yeah. He loves to train. So it's part of his uh, lifestyle. So uh, uh, we spent months together and had a great time. He's a great actor, no question about it. I thought he was exceptionally good in private Idaho, too. But let me get to um, you and, and your life. And you talked about training in Israel and, you know, playing clothes and, and capturing terrorists. And, you know, Aaron, for me, the, the most shocking, well, not the most shocking, the most shocking is how these animals are treating Israelis, but... One of the most shocking parts of this horrible three days is that Israel, widely recognized and deservedly so, as the world leader in intelligence. I mean, we know here in the United States we rely on you guys so often for your intelligence. And the fact that they were able to put this thing together and paragliding and cyber attacks and explosions and then spend upwards of five hours, five hours, going back and forth with zero, and I mean Zero Israelis stopping them. The the world that yeah, has the, come to respect the Israelis. What happened on Saturday? Well, it's 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 perplexed it's perplexed me and and a lot of my friends. You know, I'm 47 now, and so the people that I came up with in the Israeli special forces. You know, these are command staff level uh, intelligence guys and IDF leaders now. So. You know, I've been able to get great information out of Israel and help with some of the communications to put messaging out. Everybody's a little perplexed. Everybody's a little perplexed. And the reason why is because it was several hours. Um, but I don't think, Sid, now's the time to point fingers. I can assure you heads will roll. But in the, in, in the spirit of respecting the operations that are ongoing right now, obviously there's a lot of people who are, who are going to be angry and emotional And we've seen the footage of what's real and what's not. Let me say to your viewers also, we don't know what's real and what's not with that footage. You know, a lot of that footage is real, but a lot of it's not. A lot of it's not a lot of it's not cooperated. So images that you're seeing, remember that the uh, that Hamas uh, uh, 
like to embellish and they like to twist things and they like to make things look like they're not. And so, you know, they'll repost anything. So just be mindful of what you digest yeah. uh, when it comes to yeah. looking at content. But yeah. I will say this. Uh, heads are going to roll in Israel, Sid. We don't play around. Uh, this is human lives we're talking about. But uh, um, there was a window of time and there was an intelligence failure that allowed several hours for attacks on multiple fronts. But I also want to say this. You, you know, we're – this is all low-tech error, but that's the way terror works. you got paragliders. You know, you got small boats getting gunned down. Um, you've got dirt bikes. You've got ATVs. You've just got these animals coming in, you know, cutting through fences and hitting a rave in the south of Israel, grabbing Israelis, bringing them down into tunnels, bringing them back into Gaza, multiple hostage situations. This is This is – even though this has shocked Israel and we're in a state we're declaring war right now, uh, and it's very real, and I think it's important, the declaration of war, because it justifies major action. The fact is that Hamas has been kind of pawing at Israel for, for, for years, since the late 80s. So when I came into the unit in, in, the, in the mid-90s, we'd been at this for 10 years, and it was a hot time when I was there. Pizza shops were blown up left and right. Bus stations were blown up. There's a lot of kind of teasing Israel. Israel's always had to be very restrained with its responses because the only thing we'd hear about in the media is Palestinians getting killed as a result of Israeli retaliatory responses. So there's an upside to this situation, even though uh, 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 several hundred people have potentially been kidnapped and uh, uh, upwards of, uh, you know, however many deaths we've seen. And these guys are savages. I'm not making excuses for them. They're savages. That's why units like mine in Israel exist. But we haven't declared war in 50 years. And I believe that this declaration is really important on the macro level in terms of strategy. Because now we can go into Gaza and we can wipe it up. Well, you got to be careful, though. You know, you say go into Gaza and wipe it up. And I had this discussion earlier with Alex Trayman, who is a... Jerusalem bureau chief with the Jewish News Syndicate. He's actually he was live in Jerusalem this morning when I spoke to him, and we talked about the hostages. And I know, Aaron, this is uh, right in your wheelhouse. This is what you do: the hostage negotiations. We don't know where these hostages are. We also uh, the consensus is that wherever they are, it is probably booby trapped. So if in fact Israel decides to do what they do with Idi Amin in Uganda back in 1976, they may be walking into their own death trap. So it's not as easy as, hey, let's just blow Gaza off the map, because right now there's at least 135 Jewish people there, and we know how much Israelis cherish each and every life. That's a good point you're making, Sid, and I see where you're going with this. Uh, when I say mop Gaza up, I mean dial up the aggressiveness and dial up the intensity to a level that his, Israel hasn't done before. But regardless of how aggressive Israel gets in Gaza, or the West Bank, or anywhere in the world where we're conducting operations, we always operate with a high degree of selectivity. That's, a, that, that, that's, that, that's part of the Israeli staple. Uh, we target buildings. We knock. We drop leaflets. We don't, uh, uh, you know, if this was the United States, they would turn Gaza into a lake. So but let, me, let, let, me, let me reorient myself uh, just so we're clear. Everything that we do is with a degree of selectivity and with a very high degree of um, respect. For civilians, we don't kill civilians regardless of what messaging people hear. Uh, I can tell you firsthand the, the amount of beatings I've gotten to make sure that I capture a terrorist alive. One, because he's more useful than killing him. Killing a terrorist is easy. Capturing him and bringing him back for interrogation and trial to prevent the next attack is difficult. 
avoiding collateral damage requires a, a, a very high degree of training to make sure that when we've got units on the ground lazing those targets so that our F-16s can put missiles strategically placed into a bedroom inside those buildings, there's men on the ground who make sure those missiles get there uh, with specialized equipment. So we don't turn Gaza into lakes. We actually appreciate the Palestinian people. We have Arabs who live inside Israel who serve in our government, who serve in our police, who serve in our military. They're Muslims. They're good people. What you're seeing right now is the formulation of not only the rescue of Israelis, but you're seeing the formulation of the rescue of the Palestinians from Hamas, who forcefully took over Gaza with no free election. We're doing the Palestinians a favor. Yeah, that's regarding true. Regarding the hostages, yeah. regarding the Jews who've been taken hostage, complex. Uh, there were several, uh, just some real-time intel for your listeners. There were two, several operations, pardon me, conducted last night by Israel's National Yamam, or the uh, Israeli National Police Hostage Rescue Unit. They've been, multi- uh, they've been operating on multiple fronts in the southern Israel. Uh, they just rescued a handful of uh, uh, Israeli Jews who were being uh, held captive inside the main dining hall of a kibbutz called Beri in southern Israel, right on the eastern border of Gaza. Uh, there was another rescue that occurred in a small Israeli city called Ofakim, where a separate Yamam team, and let me remind you, these guys are on the level of SEAL Team 6 or Dev Group or Delta Force. All they do, in fact, let me make this clear, Israel may not have invented hostage rescue, but we perfected it. We not only liberated the 103 hostages from Entebbe, Uganda, which you mentioned earlier in the conversation, when Black September took uh, Jews, flew them into the Uganda airport. Now, we not only went there and dressed up as local army and landed our troops onto an airport. It's the same unit that Benjamin Netanyahu served in, the same unit that uh, Ehud Barak, the former prime minister of Israel, served in, the same unit that Bibi's older brother was tragically killed in on that uh, very raid. He is a national treasure, by the way, Yoni, national treasure. Book's been written about him. I talk about him in my book, Brotherhood of Warriors. We perfected, the, the Brits may have invented hostage rescue, we perfected it. We, we did the first aircraft hostage rescue in the 70s as well, the Sabina takeover. Uh, and what you're going to see is Israel at its finest right now, which is selective operations. So the Yamam also in the southern part of Israel liberated about 15 hostages, which were being uh, 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 held on that kibbutz called Beri. And then in Ofakim, we don't, I haven't been able to confirm the number of hostages that were rescued, but two members of that unit uh, were lightly injured, and one is severely injured and mm. in, the, uh, mm. and in the hospital in Beersheba. But this is a very, very elite unit. Uh, reservists are being called up from around Israel. Now, we have a half a million reservists. We lean on these reservists to be able to conduct operations. They're the meat and potatoes of the Israeli security apparatus. Uh, reservists are getting called up like crazy. So I believe that what you're going to start seeing now is the preparation for an offensive. I think there's going to be a smokescreen that's used for our hostage rescue teams to be able to now go into Gaza and start getting those hostages out. But it's very difficult. It's actually more difficult than the ones we're seeing in Israel. Said the reason why is because it's like a murder. The longer you wait to get the, to 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 get accurate intelligence and send a team to go breach and kill terrorists inside of a structure with perfectly straight shots, not to kill. Safta and Saba and the grandmothers and the grandfathers inside those structures being held in Gaza, there's probably upwards of, there may be 700 people in there. It, it's, we've never seen anything like this. In fact, this is probably the most 
significant hostage siege in the history of modern warfare. But this is what Israel does best. This is where Israel shines. So, but, but what about what I, what I talked about earlier? I mean, look, unlike uh, Israeli soldiers don't want to die. We, we, we value life. Israelis, Americans, these animals don't care. They, they feel like they're going to go see 72 versions. And I keep hearing that there's a lot of folks who think these are booby-trapped. And when, in fact, people like you, brave souls like you, Aaron Cohen, make your way towards these hostages and these uh, people, that they, they're, they're going to blow these things sky high. They don't care if they all die. I mean, I know you guys have, have thought about that. That it's interesting, but uh, uh, the stereotype might not be is uh, we don't want to die as you think when it comes gotcha. to come on. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> when you look at these guys in the eyes, everybody gets a little afraid. So, you, you know, we want to be, don't believe the hype. Got it. Everybody's got a mother, everybody's got a cousin, everybody's got a brother. The Muslims right. are good people. The Muslims right. are good people, Sid. Uh, uh, but, but everybody's tune changes when they're staring down the working end of an AR. So, I, I, again, taking it back to this, though, we're going to see it's going to be a major offensive being prepared. Hamas is pod long enough at a, at, a, at a sleeping bear that's now being woken up. The Israelis are being woken up. The Israelis are very upset right now with the government. A lot of contention right now. Uh, they feel like Israel's very divided uh, politically. The Israelis feel like they've been slighted. You know, where was where was the IDF? I want to say this. Uh, and Goldemeyer said this years ago, we can't protect every, every, every fence, every inch of fence. We can't protect every, every door. We can't protect every hole. We can't protect every wall. Now, again, that, that there's units dedicated to that, uh, that wall on the border with Gaza. It perplexes me that there was so much time to wait. It perplexes me that the Mossad and the Shin Bet services, our intelligence services, which, which are some of the finest in the world, weren't able to provide real-time intelligence to be able to prevent this. I don't want to speak prematurely as to what happened again, uh, but now's not the time. The time right now is to secure the pockets of southern Israel to make sure those areas are sterile, that there's no more terrorists running around gunning people down inside homes, uh, gunning it out in the streets, running room-to-room, killing people, running into a Which, by the way, we, we, don't, we don't know that. There's a, there's a healthy amount of folks who believe that uh, a lot of these terrorists that infiltrated Israel are still there and are somewhere. Uh, they just... are. They are. These pockets are still being cleared. Sid. This is an ongoing situation. So you think of Columbine or you think of an active shooter situation, which makes national headlines in Israel. Every time one of these whacked out kids goes into a school and opens fire. Uh, we had about uh, a thousand of them coming to Israel. Aaron, so just, uh, all... to give, just to give context. Yeah. All I so can... We're still sterilizing those pockets. Yeah. Uh, one is to get Israel sterile. Two is to uh, counter attacks. Uh, and then three is to figure out how the hell the breach happened. Those are the order of operations right now coming from uh, command in Israel. Well, I'm praying for uh, for those folks. Um, you know, obviously, there's a lot of folks here in America, not in Israel, like you are today, that uh, have been ruined the last couple of days. I mean, completely ruined, destroyed. And uh, yeah, so, so. folks like you, Aaron, I, I, I can't say enough. I can't thank you enough. For hopping on this program today, you just gave out some really, really big information. I really appreciate that, and I hope uh, your family and friends in Israel are safe. And please, over the next couple of days, please keep coming back. This was a great conversation. God bless I you. I will, I will, and I've got I've got people on the ground who are feeding me information, uh, which has been very helpful. People just kind of they, they don't really know what's going on. It's hard to decipher what's good, in, you know, what's real information, what's not. 
uh, uh, I'll definitely be back on with you, and I'll fill you in uh, uh, as more as the situation continues to unfold. So sit tight. We'll be in touch. God bless you, Aaron. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Sid. Bye, buddy. Aaron Cohen. There he is. We'll take a short break. More on this Columbus Day and, um, for what it's worth, Israeli Day Monday. Right here on Sid and Friends. In the morning. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Friends, how many of us have them? Friends. 77 WABC. Perfect song to end today's show. Happy birthday to the late, great John Lennon. Imagine all the people in a world gone completely crazy, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine all the people. And God rest his soul, John Lennon. Nine Americans were killed in the attacks on Israel. Many more still being held hostage. Those are the latest numbers. We are done for today. I want to thank all of our brave guests. Talking about Israel and, of course, our three Columbus Day guests as well, Chaz Palmentari, Angelo Vivolo, and Joe Piscopo. I am off to the Columbus Day Parade. Celebrate the great Italian people while keeping the Jewish people in my heart. So for Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, Noam Leighton, Noam, great job today. Thank you. And all of us here on Sitting Friends in the Morning, I'll leave you with these three words. Pray for Israel. Pray for Israel.